0: What's up viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe. On today's episode, we had Anthony Crocker, aka Crocs. He has a brown belt, which is acquired from Pedro Bressa, and is currently training at RR Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with one of our former guests, Rich Rubino. Crocker has won medals at the British Open, fought in sub-only matches, and competed on the local circuit, which has somewhat led him to acquiring a fitting name, the King of the new key open. In this podcast, we talked about wrist locks, types of ultra heavies, humility in BJJ, privates, and a few funny stories to say the least, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on notifications. Thank you for watching and listening. Let's get into episode 10. Oos. Right, guys, girls, uh, my name is Jay, I'm the host of the BJJ Nutrition Podcast, I run the BDL Nutrition Consultancy, we are on episode 10, uh, obviously with what we do, we make sure obviously jiu enthusiasts and hobbyists and competitors are competing to the best standard, obviously with the right nutrition, fueling themselves and making sure they're not doing anything silly with their weight cuts. Today's guest, we have the infamous...
1: Anthony Crocker. There we <laughs> go.
0: Anthony Crocker with us. Uh, thanks, obviously, for coming along, mate. I really appreciate it, obviously, everything you got. I know you've got a lot to talk about today. Pleasure we've had to be asked, mate. We've Pleasure. Had a, we've had a, <laughs> basically an essay in terms of things that we want to cover. We'll go through, obviously, the basic stuff first to make sure, obviously, we keep in lineage with uh, what we're doing here. But speaking of which, do you want to give a little bit of an insight to your background, obviously, in jiu-jitsu, outside of jiu who you train under, experiences, that type of
1: stuff? Yeah, so, um, I'm a Pedro Bessa-Brime belt. Um, currently training under Richard Dino. Um, I've um, been with, obviously you've had him on before one of yeah. uh, Pedro's black belts um, I've been with been with Peds, I started training uh, eight years ago now um, in the the infamous Merton Road Mer- Mer garage uh, quite a, quite a good story about my first night there um, sort of started training with Pedro I played, played a lot of rugby before that um, and sort of went at the belts to brown belt with peds and then when people started to pick their black belts up so like you know Rich, Rory, Rod people like that yep. um, when they started to drift away and open their own gyms I sort of naturally went with Rubino um, number one because he's a bigger guy and he's obviously got a Hibbard with him so that's two big quality jiu practitioners yeah. for me to train with which I need I need to be beaten up quite frankly um, <laughs> on, on, on a regular basis to try and get better um, and then ad- additionally to that just geographically with my work um, it made sense to go over that sort of time um, work-wise uh, I'm a school teacher so I've been teaching for 11 years now uh, 10 years mainstream education so GCSE and A-level history uh, among other things um, but for the last year I've been working in a uh, special education school Nice. Um, so I work with students who have either got special educational needs, which means they haven't been successful in mainstream, um, if they've got uh, sort of issues with their behaviour, which generally comes back to undiagnosed SEN anyway, um, which means they haven't been successful in mainstream. So essentially when students, I wouldn't go as far as say expelled, when they've been removed from mainstream education, sort of we, mm. we try and turn them around, which is sometimes intensely frustrating, but always intensely rewarding. So. Yeah probably the main thing of people who know me from this podcast today is I'm, I'm gonna have to sort of watch my language and watch the subject matter because <laughs> I need to I need to think to myself if this landed on my head teacher's desk tomorrow, yeah. how am I gonna be able to go back to work on Monday? Sure. Um and then outside of sort of my civilian role, um I've been a military reservist for seventeen years. Um currently with the army veterinary corps so handling i've just come off the king's coronation which i literally crawled into my head's office on hands and knees to get two weeks off for (laughs) um did an operational tour of afghanistan in 2010 with the royal engineers Um, but i've always been a reservist and i was really keen to go away and do an operational tour because you wouldn't be a fireman and not put a fire out, right, would you? Yeah, that's true. So I thought if I was going to put myself through all that training and everything that goes with it with work-life balance, that's then nice. I was going to go and do it properly. So yeah, I'm the world's like busiest man, really. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it does surprise. I actually, intrigued. King's coronation. How was that? Genuinely, one of the most physically and mentally demanding things I've ever done in my life. Really? Yeah. People just see lots of soldiers marching on television, but the prep that went into it. We we had. There was an individual from the contingent next to me, so when, we're like, boring you with it, when you sort of joined up into, like, a massed rank, we joined up with another, with the Royal Electrical Mechanical Engineers on our left, and there was a girl from there who got, I think she got removed two days before the event. I think she got removed on the Thursday and we stepped off on the Saturday because her feet were shredded. Really? Yeah, so I I, um, I teach ceremonial within the Army. I'm a drill instructor, a basic drill instructor. Um, shout out to Tony Gibson, who was the RSM at the School of Ceremonial. Um, <laughs> but essentially, I, I teach quite a lot of drills, so my, my drill shoes were worn in. Whereas some guys had literally got them straight out of the box, new shoes uh, on, twenty thousand steps a day. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's what can you do? You get a pair, you get a kit thrown at you, and you've got to wear it. We we had, you know, one girl from my lot. She turned up with a pair of shoes that were a size too small. Oh, no. So uh, yeah, it was all. But you know, twenty thousand steps a day with the rifle. It was like a, was like a ten k kettlebell workout, mate. I can imagine. You know, like transferring the rifle around. But I think when I've got a new, I've got a new respect for ceremonial, yeah. having gone through it. It was. It was emotional. Well, but, I know this is
0: probably bog standard, and some people made this, but not it's the fact that you guys obviously having to train at like two o'clock in the morning. Basically, yeah. So they to they, they to disrupt they, anything. Yeah.
1: So they because obviously the center of London needs to be closed. Yep. So um, four days before they um, essentially shut the whole of London. In it from about 11 o'clock at night till four in the morning. yeah, And that was us bust into London, full dress rehearsal, did the whole thing with music and that. It was all at night. Um, and marching out of London with Big Ben there with the sun coming up was unbelievable. Um, it was worth the sleep, Deb. Yeah, But then on the day, obviously, I think the coronation kicked off at like 10 in the morning. We had breakfast at 2am. So like for <laughs> anyone who knows me, I was having to force food into my life. I never <laughs> thought, you know, I never thought I'd have to like force myself to eat a breakfast wrap. But if you don't eat calories, you stood there, stood still, people fainting, people dropping. Yeah. It was... But yeah, mentally and physically demanding. It was, It really was. But obviously, worth the experience in the day. Definitely worth the experience. Something to tell the grandkids. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things. There's not. I've had a couple of my mates on the regular side that have been like that. There's not many people that have you know been on tours to Afghanistan and have done a major state ceremonial outside of the Guards Division. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a feather in a cap as a reservist and don't get me wrong we've got some absolute idiots in the Army Reserve like we, we, we've got some people that shouldn't be there but we've also got some really good guys yeah. um, and it was nice for me to be able to go and slot straight in with the regular side and you know make some new friends out of it and nice. it was good it was a good crack I enjoy that's it as well dude. that's wicked
0: Um. obviously we're more here to talk about Jiu Jitsu not to obviously like, put any downers on that so yeah no that's exactly my, my personal interest more so anything else but yeah um, in terms then of competing then uh, you're currently obviously at Brown Belt yeah. uh, have we competed through all the belts
1: or yeah pretty, pretty much so I've completed yeah competed at every belt um, I was say completed completed, yeah. <laughs> Comple- yeah. completed it mate yeah, yeah. Um, no so there's a few few infamous stories from the New Key Open which I'm sure we'll get into because um, that used to be my thing every three months we go and do the New Key Open because I'm, <laughs> I'm super tight and I won't pay for IBJJF because mm-hmm. um, paying 140 quid for a two person category is not is not what I'm about uh, we'll talk about, we'll talk later about that later on we'll go into that later on um, um, so competed at white belt um, won a few local comps at white belt uh, yeah. won the British at blue nice um, there was a little team of us went up so myself Dan O'Connell um, Dave Allenson, they're both um, black belts now um, we went up there and did pretty well we all came back with, with I think gold medals that day actually nice. um, that was a really good day out uh, purple belt uh, won at Bristol a um, couple of sub onlys, nothing mega. Like I'm, I am, I am a hobbyist, mate. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I've got, I've got two kids. I've got everything else going on in my life, and for me to be able to get on the mats four or five times a week yep. is is what it's all about. And I think what what I want to try and get across today is is that you know you've got people that are hobbyists that really enjoy it and love it and don't want to teach privates all the time which i think <laughs> which, which, I, which which i think is a little bit of an issue in the game at the moment with a lack of humility but we'll we'll get on to that later yeah sure no that's absolutely fine
0: yourself obviously always competed in the ultra bracket yeah always always, always. yeah
1: yeah I, yeah i've I've always been over 100 kilos um when i came like my sort of origin story i was sort of like 120 kilos when i started coming from rugby and that was all i was doing was just like eating and lifting weights and mm. i thought i was like mega hard you know <laughs> and then um I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of toy th- boxing down in nice. so, so I, f- I first started, I don't think a lot of people know this story actually. Um, I used to work in Borden, so when I when I first qualified as a teacher, mm. there used to be this weird rule that if you didn't pass your teach your, your NQT year, so your first year, yep. if you didn't pass that within a year of doing your teacher training, you had to like go back and do stuff again. Yep. And I was like, oh, I'm not about that. This you know this has been something else this year, so. I got a job in Borden, which is Hampshire. It's about hour and forty-five towards yeah. London. Um, so I went and worked there, and I played a bit of rugby down there and a else, else. Um, bit of touch rugby. I we looking for something else to do, mm. and there was a brother of one of the teachers I worked with. He said, "Why don't you come and do a bit of Thai?" Well, I didn't. I didn't know it at the time, but it was a Team Carabon gym, right? So I, I, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know that that was like obviously a top top gym, in that you know yeah. a guy called Seb who was an absolute animal. Um, so I just used to do like I literally down there a bit of pad work, a little bit of light sparring nothing mega but then one of the guys that had an MMA fight coming up right? and he literally was like oh big lad can you do me a favour and just just basically pin me down I, and I, <laughs> I didn't know at the time that he wanted to practice his escapes and his own yeah. he was like look can you just hang on to me and try and keep me on the floor I was like yes and then, and then I found that I really enjoyed it and I found out that what he was talking about was like you know submission grappling BJJ and what mm. have you so this is where, and I didn't know this until I listened to you having Rich on the show, yeah. that our sort of stories are really similar. When I then got a job in Swindon yeah. and I came back to live in Bristol, I started Googling jiu-jitsu gyms. Okay. And the two gyms that came up was Pedro Bessa and another one that I won't name. In Swindon? No, 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 in Bristol. Oh, in Cause Bristol. Because I, I was living in Bristol during right. Swindon. So the two that came up was Pedro and another school. And, an, and, another school, all right? and then when I Googled it, the first video that came up was Pedro fighting Cron Gracie. <laughs> and right. i and i was like well that that looks pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. that's pretty decent that. yeah and then um yeah and I, I sort of emailed pedro emailed me back and then i went down and started training um i started I, I tried like double hatting both and training all week and then i used to i used to do <laughs> i used to do jiu-jitsu and then drive to rugby after jiu-jitsu wow. so i used to go to six or seven beginners get in yeah. the car and drive to rugby training you know and it got to the point where i was like i sort of realized it. I'd sort of hit my ceiling with rugby, I wasn't gonna get any better. Yep. Um, so I ended up sticking with BJJ um, and going from there. But my first night at the gym, I walked in and Tom Showler triangled me seven times in five minutes in the sparring at the end so literally does he did, still hold that above you now <laughs> I, I don't know I just I mean I, I thought it was funny and I got I, li- I literally I can remember I have a kit bag over my shoulder and like I don't know if you ever went to Merton Road it was like, just like a garage Yes. and I got to the door and I looked back and I thought oh, can I can have a walk out now and pretend this never happened <laughs> right that's, that's like option yeah. one option two I was like there might be something in this. Yeah. And at the time, I was literally, I was 120 kegs, I was lifting loads of weights and Tom at the time, like he he looked, he was tiny. Yeah. You know, I was going to use a really offensive metaphor then but I won't. Um, <laughs> yeah. He was tiny and I was like, this this like skinny matchstick has just like filled me in. Like what's yeah. going on? What's and, going I think, and I was trying my best. Yeah. I can't even be like, oh, well I could have punched him. You know, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I had no chance. I had absolutely no chance. Yeah. And I thought, and then from, it just went from there and then That's and I went I to went training like, you know, four or five nights a week and nice. Yeah, so that was sort of that was how I got into jiu jitsu. That's nice,
0: man. I, I this is probably completely irrelevant, but I'm really intrigued. Obviously, you said you emailed Pedro. Did he get back
1: to you pretty quickly? No. Or was it Brazilian time. No, right? it was, it was Brazilian time to the point where I was like, oh, I like you know, am I all right to speak to this bloke? <laughs> you know, if I email him again, do I look like I'm being pushy? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, no, he didn't get back to me straight away. But I, I remember getting an email. I emailed him a little while before I sort of moved home. Um, but yeah, he got back to me and he was like, "Yeah, come nine, whenever." I didn't sure, realise yeah. how chilled it was. Yeah.
0: Obviously with him, he's super chilled, you know. So yeah. yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. So in terms of obviously of your weight being a bit heavier, you mentioned now obviously it's come down from the one
1: twenty mark. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I I, ho- I hover now between about. 108 and 112. That, okay. That's sort of like where I sit. Um, people have known. You'll get people even Thomas met and him being like, "Oh yeah, 115 on the pastries and all that." you, know, <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't think brioche was a food group, you'd be in, you'd be a you know super middle or whatever. Um, but yeah, I I think. During the, what have we got, what have we got to call it to avoid the algorithm? The period, uh, the period of time that lasted for two years between about 2020 and 2021 yeah, mid, something like that. During, during that period of time, I got down to about 100, 102, but all I was doing was running. Yeah. Like, I was just doing running and circuits. That okay. was it. There like, was a few of us who'd meet at a rugby club and do circuits. I was running 40, 50K a week. Jesus but there was nothing else to do. So, yeah. so, you know, especially with the online teaching at the time, mm. like I'd log in. Oh, it's brilliant. Kids play up, kick out. <laughs> Oh, I love it. halcyon days mate like yeah. you know they some kids start playing up or whatever the ones who were normally paying didn't log in and the ones who did log in wanted to learn and the ones who didn't oh, mute it was like <laughs> it was easy um but yeah so you do your online lesson you know my drive to work was a Limited, minute was yeah. one minute up yeah. to my top up to my sort of lock conversion um so yeah i'd literally be like right go and run 10k come home eat me dinner it was it was that was something where i'd I, got myself pretty fit off the back of that. Nice. Um, but despite being 110 kegs, I, I do do quite a lot of fizz.
0: You um, do, mate, to be fair. Like I said, I was speaking to you obviously last night about that, and just, I'm still quite intrigued to see if we can get the Matty Hud versus you roll at some that'd point. That'd be quite funny, actually, yeah. Not think,
1: the Matty Hud fitness challenge. Like. Yeah, Matty yeah. Hud fitness
0: challenge. And I think it would even be bet, better for the pair of you to do it in no geese. you haven't got that, that distinctive <laughs> advantage of the gear, and I think that would be really cool to see. But who knows when we get that sorted out for the future. Um, so, obviously, with the weight reduction and how it's gone, obviously, from there before the infamous... Uh, period of time. Period of time, you, your weight obviously must have come down, right? And yeah, so yeah. What was the approach? Was it, was it again, just doing more jujitsu that led to it? Or? Yeah, it was more jujitsu,
1: And I think that, like, actually, you, you don't know what you don't know, mm. you know? And I think that, if I'm being honest, up until I did jujitsu, I was utterly clueless. I don't think I'd even got on a set of scales. Like, I don't think I had, because I didn't have a need to. Yeah. There was no need. And it wasn't until... Really, the um, you know the Abu Dhabi Jiu Jitsu Federation. Yeah. You know they brought they brought in the upper limit, didn't they? Yeah. So they they, they ended up capping everything at one ten. Yeah. And it was only then that I was like, oh, <laughs> like, if I want to compete there, because I, I won, I did the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam. i to say you won the Grand Slam. It sounds like you won the whole thing. Um, I'm, well, I'll tell you what. There's a good there's a good Dave Allenson story there where yeah. he he won the British Open at like Brian Belt Heavyweight, which is fine. Mentioned it to someone at work at his legal firm. Yeah. They put it in like the company newsletter, but they'd obviously Googled the British Open and yeah. were like, oh, Dave's like come top of 1,500 competitors and he's like, you know, got a, got, got a, gold, medal, got, got a gold medal and all that. We still, still hold that one over him today. Um, but yeah, so when they brought in the upper limit, I was like, oh, maybe I need to start looking at what I'm doing. And, yeah. and it's it's only when you start looking at what calories are in things, you start to go, oh, do you know what? And I'm by no means, I, I, you know, they say you can't out-train a bad diet. I've been trying to do it for years. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Literally, you know, I, I've been trying to do it for years. But I think just like naturally from doing jiu-jitsu, and I think culturally what what brought me away from rugby was rugby training is, go training Tuesday, training Thursday, work hard, game on a Saturday, 10 points of Guinness. Yeah. And and then the culture around it is what you screw up on a Saturday, you know, you go Tuesday evening at training, you're still getting flack from Saturday for that mm. pass you dropped or whatever else. And then, uh, like, I got armbarred at my first Bristol Open in the final. I got silver, um, wasn't a default silver, um, <laughs> but I got I got I got armbarred and and I went into the club the next day and in my head I was like, oh, you know, I don't I'm know I don't. The, yeah, yeah. And and Rory, Rory came over. He probably remember this, but I do. And he went, oh, he was he was a Purple belt at the time, or a yeah. brain belt, and he went, "Oh, I saw you get caught with this yesterday. Let me show you the escape to it." I, uh, mean, I took you massive. I was, like, I, I was like, "I was expecting some like humorous nickname, yeah, you know, like Anthony Armbar or something like that, yeah. you know." Um, I, I was expecting, <laughs> I was expecting something funny, um, and, and straight away, like culturally, and that, and that's where I, I get a bit annoyed with the culture of like, "Oh, can you show me that?" Yeah, that's a private mate. Yeah, it's like I, I had people like you know, Tad Parker taught me how to side roll. Mm. Used to like, you know, stay behind for like 20 minutes after training on a Friday night at stupid o'clock at night because I couldn't sideways roll and I was sick of not being able to do it and looking like an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, Luke Taylor taught me loads about wrestling, head and arm chokes, things like that. I've learned so much from Rich, but this is all. Going, going along as you go, little you know, two minutes here, two minutes there, yeah. five minutes here, five minutes there, and that's why like I'm not a big fan of the privates culture. I think privates should be reserved for people who have won stuff, yeah. done stuff, and are competent. Yeah, it's interesting to say that. So I think even to
0: the point now, I'd say within some people speaking to them about privates that they end up chatting more within the privates with that individual rather than actually going over technique. And then likewise, obviously, from a teaching point of view, you kind of need two people there. So that then, when they are teaching it, they can then obviously view what the fuck's going on. Yeah, 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 hundred like, percent. It's a it's a tricky one because I think I touched on it earlier that some people that may not say have all the competition medals, may not necessarily have like all the experience, but are very good at teaching.
1: Look at John Danaher. Exactly. You know, what like, I mean, John John Danaher is an example of that. I think I think you're always going to get. A yeah but there's always going to be a yeah but so mm. for example, I'm not a big fan of blue and purple belts running gyms. Yeah, I think you should be still a student at that level. However, someone like is it is it Carson from your from your yep. from RGA, he's full time. Yeah, he's, I mean, in those, he's, he's, he's in California
0: right now. Exactly. You know, someone
1: work, like so. that, he he is the yeah but you know, he's the exception that proves mm. the rule. But I just think in general, people are like in a big rush to become a teacher, to become a you know to to run privates to, and and it's like hang on mate, you you've just got a default silver at the Bristol Open, like mm. you can't. You can't go around and say, oh, I'm I'm offering privates now. Mm.
0: It's the same thing I said to you, obviously within the industry that I'm in, and this is prior to being purely more jujitsu focused, is that someone would lose 10 kilograms, five kilograms, right? Over the infamous time, for example, and go, right, I'm on online coach now, who's helped over a thousand people. And I'm like, well, how have you done this in the space of a week? Yeah, exactly. Like, it makes no sense. It still bugs me to this day when people over-egg their results 100% mate it'll be like we've helped thousands of people with this gym and they've been running for like 300 like a year yeah like, yeah so you've done three transformations a day right where are these pictures then so I've only seen like one every four
1: weeks right precisely like, what's and going is, on
0: like
1: <laughs> I don't know I just I just feel I feel like there, there needs to be a little bit more humility in the in the game so like myself and obviously I mentioned Gary Houston before like yep. shout out to Gary um like Gary's a check mat black belt now, got his black belt a few weeks ago. Yes. But but me and Gary when we when, you know we were both brain belts and we remember both of us just sitting there on the mat and we're like, are we the only two brain belts in Bristol that are just interested in training? Mm. Like, you know, we're not trying to make a, a side hustle of like technique and if someone comes up to me and says can you show me a bow? I'll be like, no. <laughs> like, 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 do you know what I mean? I'll be like, absolutely not. You uh, know? Someone comes up to me and says, can you show me an Oma platter? Can you show me a you know a, um, a North, North South choke? I'll be like, yeah, because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's something that I've picked up like from Rich. Rich is uber, uber like humble with stuff like that. Mm. Someone goes up to him and says, I've, he's done it before. He said, oh, um, I don't use this technique a lot. But Cross does. If you want to ask him afterwards, yeah. you know, you, I don't use this. On this yeah. one. I don't it's use this stuff. technique a lot, but Mark does. So if you want to ask any questions, go and ask Mark. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that that's what's missing. You've got people at the moment, like to, with my little Freudian slip earlier, that like, you know, oh yeah, I got I completed it, mate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm going to open my own franchise gym. It's like what... it's
2: the same with Pets and Tom. They, Pets will say, I don't do this, but I'm going to teach you what I know and the way that I do it. And Tom's exactly the same. He'll say, yeah. well, I, this isn't my game, but I will show you how. Peders okay. taught me And then what I do To do the same thing Same thing mm. When I went to Emily's class as well We did um, Waiter guard And I was like What the fuck is this But like I was like Oh man This is fucking Actually pretty solid Like mm. It was like Waiter guard To modified X Yeah And then come up And she went Pet scores this Definite two points Or taking out the trash And I was like Get the trash out. out Yeah yeah, yeah. Get the trash it's out sweet, it's, Yeah insane.
1: But it's there's fun. things That like for You know And, and it's about Having that awareness of, of your own ability Yeah Like like I am a white belt in Barambolo, funnily enough. What? Yeah, I know. It's like, shocking, isn't it? I've got your Exactly. Me. Exactly. Mate. Of exactly. You know, I'm, I'm a white belt in like armbar from guard. I can show you a perfect armbar from closed guard. Can I hit it live? No. <laughs> you know, like it, you know, triangles. I know I do a triangle, but I've got quite short, short, I've heard, short, I've heard short legs. You are Mr. Oma Platter. It's, exactly, but the reason I started doing Oma Platters is because I was like, oh well I can't do that one, but maybe I can do this. And I feel like I've spent so much time on my own game. That I haven't had time to think about teaching privates. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting. I think from my perspective as well is that if I don't know something, right, I'm happy to say, can I get back to you?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent, mate.
0: I don't know. If I have someone who has a very specific condition, which is just completely out of my realm. So I actually, we had an inquiry probably a couple of months ago, all about gut health, but is also believes that the gut health deteriorated due to a incorrect paint formula that was being put around the house blimey and then since since had serious fatigue headaches always said so i said look i appreciate you sharing this all with me i'm not the person for you for no this. no no
1: and that's and that's and exactly I that.
0: like i could easily be there like cool pay me absolutely fine we'll see what we can do and i can suggest some things now for free to go and try first and come back to me in a couple of weeks so it might fix it if not but i'm not. S- had i had an individual
1: suggest- say to me before oh, do you want would you do some privates and i was like no I said, not when I've got Board and Richard Bino sat on the same mat as me. Mm. I you know, and the same Dan at Sweatbox with someone like Tom Shallo. Like, you know, if if if, if someone's full time, yeah. there's no way I'm gonna be like, Yeah, I'll take a bit of their business when I know I can't do as good a job. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like it's, I, one,
0: it's one of these things. I appreciate people buy from people and if there's certain things obviously they want to drill at the end of the day. I think you're very much cut from the same cloth. that if someone wants to learn how to perfect their own all of a sudden, I don't think you'd even charge. You'd be like, right? No, no, cloth, i just show them, yeah. I'm here on the mat, I'm gonna be down here on a Sunday, come along if you want to and then that's exactly. absolutely fine. And I think the difference being is that some people, with any industry, I think, is the fact that they, they think they can make a quick buck from yeah. stuff.
1: But when it comes to like, like you know, tutoring and teaching, yeah, someone said to me, "Can you tutor my 15-year-old for their GCSEs?" I'd be like, "Yeah, saying 50 quid an hour." Yeah, because I'm a black belt in teaching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do you, do you know what I mean? And I, and I know where my expertise were. If someone said, "Oh, can you tutor me through my maths GCSE?" Which I've done before for someone from the gym. I'd be like, "Yeah, fine, not a drama, science, no." Mm. Because it's about knowing, I think, where your where your sort of limits yeah, are. Where your limits are, exactly. And so it's, it's again, you've got to be prepared. And I think it's a, a
0: level of responsibility that you have to deal with it. I can't deal with eating disorders. Yeah. Right. That has to go to a dietitian. Yeah. Right. And however much I know there is a very much a bit of a barrier with the NHS in terms of it, and people were saying I have to advise them, you have to be persistent in contacting them, going through the certain sort of barriers, loopholes, yeah. to keep on pushing forward to then speak to a dietitian, obviously about an eating disorder type of thing i'm not here i can't diagnose you i can't undiagnose you but if that's what you're looking to overcome i'm not the person to come to it. yeah you almost
1: need a referral don't yeah you, right? exactly yeah, and sense. so
0: again it's having limitations to it in terms of obviously and being not so careful about it and i appreciate that some people will be starting up with this and this is not to deter anyone obviously wanting to make a business out of stuff like this and i appreciate some people have to start from scratch oh, right? gotcha. but at the same time it starts from the point of saying right okay i'm going to do an open mat on sunday i'm going to be staying around afterwards everyone wants to come along and learn the over platter right
1: you, you build Sometimes your client there. base don't you? the you same as a pt there. does you yeah. build your build your client base exactly right, i
0: get that and you start off and you build it up from there and then you get referrals and then you kind of say right is this the thing for me right am i yeah teaching i just
1: see i see people at the moment like you know someone who i won't name or i saw on instagram yesterday i've never met them actually not from bristol but like <laughs> they've been you know training like a couple of years yeah and like you said they've lost 10 kilos and they're offering diet plans Mm. you know they've they've won a couple of things that I think blue belt and they're offering privates yeah and it's like you know you're not if you're winning local comps, it doesn't mean all of a sudden you're like, yeah, completed, I'll offer some privates. It's yeah, just not, it's, I think you just need to focus on your own game before. I know from my
0: point, we're trying to, because again, legally, right, anyone can label themselves as a nutritionist. Right? Yeah. You can call yourself a nutritionist, it's not a protected name. Dietitian is, doctor is, and other things like this, right? And even then, doctor can be very misconstruing because obviously you could Anyone be a, can be a doctor in anything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, oh, but I've got a doctorate in engineering, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's just like, okay, it doesn't necessarily mean he can medically diagnose something. No, precisely. You or something. And so it can obviously be misleading from there. but it suggests again there just needs to be more regulation and kind of my point i said to a few people who run clubs and stuff like that is that there is no support for dieting nutrition and structure it's based on what they know right what they have been taught by someone else or what they've kind of picked up from other things there's no like here's a course go do it yeah, type yeah. thing.
1: and that was that sort of like that was the big thing for me that when I first started, like, dropping a little bit of weight when I started because as much as people, you know, love to take Mick and be like, oh, you know, you're still massive Crocs and that, compared to where I was when I started Jiu-Jitsu, but I'm, like, 15 kilos lighter. Yeah. Um, and particularly after the Portugal incident, which I think Tom's probably alluded to already. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I didn't know what I didn't know, yeah. you know? And it's like I had a very, very sort of, like, disjointed upbringing. Um, so like didn't grow up with um, my dad at all. Very mm. poor relationship with my mother. who I've not spoken to for twenty one years. Um, so I was brought up by my granddad, which right. meant I got brought up on white bread and stew. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've got you, you you don't know what you don't know, mm. and it's it, that sort of like you know you know will, will it fry was sort of like the extent of. The extent of the old boy, God rest him, the old boy's um, sort of knowledge of, of nutrition. Um, so, where did you pick up your information from? Was it just in the internet, speaking to other people? Yeah, just like being around people and sort of learning that. Yeah, you can't smash a full English in every day and expect to drop weight, but you don't. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, like, I like my food, but I like my fears as well, and it's something that I've I've learned. So, a big struggle for me on the coronation yeah. was not being able to train yeah. because I was so knackered. Mm but having to bang the calories in, yeah. even though I was doing 900 calories of exercise a day mm. without getting out of breath, because right. of all the marching. Yeah. So, you know, 25,000 steps a day with the rifle, and that mentally was a bit of a struggle for me. And there was like one of the girls who I outranked, I had to give her a little bit of a briefing actually, I had to grip her. Um, I noticed she wasn't eating properly, because <laughs> in her head she was like, oh, I can't eat all this because I'm not doing any fits. Mm. And it's like, if you don't get the calories in you, you are going to go face first, man down right in the middle of yeah. London. Um, so like, but if, if I'd have gone and done that event 10 years ago, I'd have been in bits. I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing. And I think you, you pick things up through other people, you know, seeing people do different things, like see, like the idea of meal prep, the idea of, of, like, that was something that I just don't think really existed 10 years ago, unless you were a bodybuilder. Yeah. The idea of someone coming into work with five Tupperwares.
0: And that's that's the concern I have at the moment. There's nothing you're doing wrong in the slightest bit, or from what I experience is very, very common, is that different sports are picking up ways of nutrition advice from other sports that have been doing it for a lot more not a lot more longer so the bodybuilding was a prime example of this yeah. what did Dorian do and I'm like
1: but that Dorian did this but but, but but that's not your goal that's not your goal uh, funnily right. enough I was listening to the um, is it the Charles Yogan podcast to Flanagan. Yeah, Honestly, I find that's quite a good one to listen to while I'm in the gym doing weights. It's not too because I'm a complete idiot, and if I put if I put music on, I start smashing myself when I'm trying to do proper form and that. So I just have a podcast on in the background, and they were talking about is it the beta aniline stuff? Yes, and they, and they and they they were talking on that about how it's really good for recovery from weights, yep. but probably not that great for recovery from jujitsu. So the jaw is kind of still out on whether or not it's right for a jiu-jitsu athlete to use. Mm. Like, the fact that I'm even having this conversation, I'm (laughs) like, uh, like, you know, you just hear this stuff and it goes in and you see what other people do and what works. But I think the important thing is that what works for some people doesn't work for others. No, not at all.
0: It's very much, and again, big concern, obviously, which you see is obviously the generic diet plan that gets chucked out. It's worked for me to do that or someone even charging for it is obviously just cookie cut stuff and it's the idea of that people get really, I would say, a little bit alienated when I talk about this. I said, look First week or four to ten days when working with me, for example, I like to build a blueprint. Mm. I want to see what you're naturally doing every single day. And I say to people, you do you, boo, right? Don't care. And I I want you, and I say it specifically, I don't want you to be on a clean eating kick. No, no, no. because I want to see the bad and the ugly stuff, right? so I can see what you're going to do on a normal day-to-day basis. And then I can give you some really valuable information to say, right, you're eating absolutely no protein in your breakfast right now. Yeah. And you're coming up massively short. Yeah. Right. Can we just add in something there quickly, obviously, to do that? Now, that that, that that bit of information is way more valuable than me just say, follow this. That's why you lost weight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you then walk away learning something about yourself. Right. And that's where, again, it's, it's trying to make it tailored, personalized and stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Competition week's a bit different because yeah. we're taking up variables. Yeah, we're just going to go, right, we're going to do this. It's like planning, obviously, the King's Coronation. Gonna, How are we going to feed everyone? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Exactly. we're just going to do this, this and this, and it means that we're going to have X amount of calories. We're going to have this in there. They should all be absolutely fine. Yeah, but on the lead up to it, they weren't probably telling you what to eat and what to do. I'm not sure. I no,
1: and you know what? It all got past that. So it's funny you say that, like it things you hear. I texted a mate of mine, that I did my drill instructors course with who's in the guards. Yeah. And I was like, what have I got to do so I don't spank him face first on the mouth? Because I like giving a bit of chat out. Yeah. Right? And in, and in my and of course I've been giving chat out to everyone on, on, the, on the rehearsals, you know, a couple of the regular soldiers who screwed bits up, and I'm there giving them chat, like, I thought you did this full time and all that, you know. <laughs> and um little bits of that. And I thought, I can't, I can't go mundane. I was yeah. like, if I, if I spank it in on the coronation in front of 10 million people, I'll never, well, probably more than that. So I'll never at the end of it. Yeah, you probably would go viral. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Some, some some big lad just going in. Ed first. So I texted a mate of mine in the guards and he was like, start chucking salt on your food for a week before. Just salt load. He's yeah, like, you yeah. need to salt load and not lock your legs. And it's these little things that get passed down mm. to stop the blood pooling and that, and you know, hydrate, but you can't hydrate too much because then need a wee for the entire parade. Mm. But he's been in the guards fifteen years, yeah. So he does this. This is his full time yeah. job. But again, no one took us to one side and went, "I'll do this." Yeah. It was a little bit. That was a little bit sort of amateurish, and, mm. and that's what it's like in BJJ. People say, "Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have yeah. you tried the other?" Not not knowing if that if that works yeah, for you. Well, no, exactly
0: so when you went through the belt ranks and stuff obviously was the weight slowly coming down naturally yeah pretty much
1: yeah i think i started i was probably about 120 when i started um that came down probably to about one i think when i did when i went through my phase of terrorizing sort of like chubby white belts in new key that was about (laughs) one hundred seventeen kilos i reckon and then it sort of gradually crept down from there but i was still playing a lot of rugby so i was still i was still in the sort of like 10 10 points of guinness culture on a saturday night and i think where i've leveled out between that sort of 108 112 bracket that depending on how sort of good a weekend I have, that's been from training jiu jitsu and also jiu jitsu keeps you honest. Yep. You can turn up and play a game of rugby and lurk around in the backfield of a hangover. Yep. I cannot walk in. No, I've said this with, with with those those lunatics on a Sunday morning no, with a hangover. No. Do you know what like, I mean? It's like, worse enough, for, like I said, being hungover as it is, and then I'll yeah. tell to deal with that on top of it. It's like... bad it's bad enough being in like Hibbard's homemade washing machine anyway. You know, <laughs> you start rolling with him and you start going around in circles. It's bad enough being in that anyway. Doing that with a hangover. No chance. Absolutely not. So like that's I think that's been a difference Jiu Jitsu's made. It's kind of like, you know, kept me honest and made mm-hmm. me go, actually, do I really want to have this pizza tonight? Because I've got training tomorrow morning and I'm gonna spend the whole round burping up, you know, little bits of pepperoni. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then and then I sort of <laughs> hurt my knee in the gym. Um, and then went on holiday to Portugal the same week, um, which I think is one of Tom's um, questions. Tom's questions yeah. that you put in, isn't it? And I came back and I was one hundred and twenty six kilos Jesus. because I literally spent the entire holiday. My missus still rags me about it. Me and her brother. We're like, I just went, like, you know, you have like, oh, I've got my knees, can't do jiu-jitsu, I can't do anything. So I'm going to sit on the beach and just be depressed. So I was just like, <laughs> filling my face with like cocoa Pops, chocolate milk and beer for like two weeks. <laughs> and then, and then I came back, walked to the gym, my knee was better. And Pedro just went, oh man. <laughs> like that was, that was the reaction. I was like, oh, right. Okay. So that was, that was the, um, that was the Portugal incident. Um, so yeah. And then funnily enough, that was about the same time that the Abu Dhabi um, weight limit came in. Okay um... And I was like, right, I need to, I need to get down to one ten because I want to compete at that. So nice. really, like one oh eight to obviously get the gear. Okay. Um, and that was literally there was no science in that, Jay. That was just thrashing myself and not eating very much. Yeah. Which I think is where is where the science has now gone, isn't it? You're trying to get people down to a weight. And this is what what Hibbard said to me when he did. I think you coached him for Grapple Fest, didn't you? Yes. And he said, look, he's you got him down to that weight, but he didn't feel like he was on a diet. And I think and I think that's where the science in the art. Comes yeah, in. it's about um, balancing it out because yeah. it is hard, especially working in school. People, you know, like literally, we used to have Cake Wednesday. Right, it's and it bullshit. got to the point where it was like it actually made me feel sick. We had Offsted in, right? This this is ridiculous. We had Offsted in on the Thursday and Friday, right? Yeah. So Wednesday night they got Dominoes in for yeah. people that were staying late to plan. Thursday morning they had bacon rolls, right? Thursday <laughs> afternoon they had sausage rolls in the canteen for people to keep people like going, right? Yeah. yeah, they had cake as well on one of the days, and then we went in on Friday morning. It was a Wednesday and a Thursday, because we had cake Wednesday, and on a Thursday, Friday morning we went into the hall. And they were like, oh, we've done really well on Ofsted. Here's a big tray of bacon rolls. It was making me feel ill. I like my food, mate. And I was just watching, like, you know, people that look like a minibus with a face, just hungry hippoing, people who just look very sedentary lifestyles, just, just, like, smashing in calories. And that was the point where I, I stopped eating cake at work. It reminds me of the phrase, like, it's not you've got a slow metabolism, you've
0: got overfast hands. Oh, literally. And don't get me
1: wrong, mate. You know, I, I love my food, but I was just like, I was like, what are you people doing? You don't do anything. Yeah. Do you it's... know, you know, and I think that that's the real thing like I, again we can get onto this later the whole jiu-jitsu for everyone. I don't believe that. Mm. I don't think it is for everyone. I think it can be for everyone, but I don't think it is for everyone. Yeah. Because actually I think you use a certain mentality.
0: You do. You, you know,
1: do. and I and I think also there are a lot of people outside of jujitsu that are quite happy to just go to work, come home, sit on the sofa, do nothing. Yeah. And I always get people saying to me at work, like, oh, how does your missus cope with you being out all the time, you know, being away with the army, going training and stuff. And I went, hang on. Every time I'm out of that house, I'm doing something positive. Mm-hmm. I'm either off with the army, which I own for, yep. so that's extra money for us, yep. you know, um, especially with the way my two kids eat. And then, and then, I uh, they I don't know where to get that from, mate, not clue. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's, that's her genetics, that is. And then, um, and then, you know, and if I'm training, like I train this morning, yep. you know, I trained last night after the didn't um, went to the circuit after the kids had gone to bed, mm. so you can balance things around your family life. I think yeah. there's a lot of people in like the sort of the public world that use family as an excuse not to train, mm. you know. And I, I think that's quite sad. But especially within schools, like cake everywhere and that. And it was just, you know, it was about me making choices mm. and being able to try and get that weight off. So yeah, did you as your weight was coming down at all? Obviously,
0: because the ultra bracket, you would have been. You obviously come down from that one twenty mark. Obviously coming yeah. down to one ten. Was there any, Again, this could be a flout. no. Was there any point of going, actually, I wonder if I can
1: go in super heavy? Yeah, but then oh, I just didn't. Because yeah. I think what would happen is it'd be the old classic. like You'd get down to a certain weight, win a comp, and then go and have a bit of a blowout, and then mm. be like, right, let's start again. And I, like, I have wanted to go super, like yeah. I have over the years, but it's just not something I've ever sort of gone for. No. I've just never sort of pulled the trigger on it, if I'm being absolutely honest like we chat sense. about that offline if you want but yeah, I've never I've never it's just something I've never really thought about well, doing. is there a new key open anymore say again is there a new key open anymore oh, no not anymore <laughs> no, not anymore it's always, it's, it, stopped, it stopped when I got my purple belt I don't yeah it was just yeah, I just used to love it drive down to the coast and well, we're off there tomorrow actually are to sure oh, yeah, you actually yeah on. so, no, but, I'm sure. um I was about to say we'll get you back in there but, like the return, but that, but that the, was return. That, the return yeah the return of the king yeah <laughs> but, that, I, I've got a photo of me sat in a Burger King with a crown on with a load, with a load of new key gold medals <laughs> on like literally it's awful um Oh, it's honestly it was awful. That was when um another good Tom Chandra story when uh, we went to went into a Burger King and obviously he's quite a devout Christian, so I won't be saying it, but he doesn't eat doesn't eat pork. He's <laughs> he's quite rigid with it. There, yeah. So he's he's ordered this like cheeseburger, um that I think came with bacon, like a bacon double or something, and he went, Oh, I don't want any bacon on it. And then uh he's gone in the in into the bathroom and he's come out and he's just got me there like brick and pointing the bloke over the thing. I was like, my mate don't want any bacon in that for religious reasons and the bloke's like <laughs> Like that. and I was, like, I was like I don't even think about picking it out <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom said he just came out of the toilet and was like what is going on like, I'm there with like Burger King crown on and two gold medals just like <laughs> gripping this guy um, but um yeah. G- Gion still yeah <laughs> but yeah but that was that was just, but, just a rash guy, but, but that yeah. was that, that was the big thing between like competing at Purple Belt and, and then competing at Brown, mm. there's no what no one competes at Brown unless they're good. Yeah. Like, I've I've not done well at Brain Belt in terms of my standards. Yeah. Um, so Brain Belt, I've mainly competed in the sort of combined services competitions um, and sort of like... Did
0: you do the one recently? So the one- I didn't do the one
1: recently because it was the same weekend as... There was something else on. I did the same, it was the same weekend as something else. Yeah. And I think also, if I'd have gone away again after being away for the best part of three weeks, I probably would have come home and found all my stuff in a box on the doorstep. So yeah. I, had to, I had to screw the nut there a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also, I'd done no training. And this yeah. and this was the other thing. I came back off of... Because I basically put myself on a sparring band for 10 days before the coronation because I didn't want to get hurt. Yep. I couldn't turn out of a black eye and be like, oh yeah, I want to go on you know, marching in front of the king. Like. Blowing um, up ears. Just ex- exactly. Ears, yeah. And uh, I also didn't want to... I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to have any niggles. I wanted to go in fresh. So I basically didn't spar for sort of four or five weeks. Wow. And when I went back, all my sharpness was gone. Wow. I wasn't anticipating moves. I wasn't... And then the week after, Hibbard said to me, he's like, oh, you've woken up now, haven't you? He's like, last week you were just, you know, getting out your sleeping bag Mm. because you just don't, and this is where I I don't know how people only train like once or two weeks or once a week like no wonder you're not progressing and and it was only when it happened to me yeah that I sort of realised that I was like right this is why people progress quicker yeah,
0: that, that, that's the point of experience you know what I mean in terms of that again not to sound cliche with this the failures in, our, in, in ourselves that we have give us the better sort of life like life knowledge rather than having everything perfect all the time. And I think having those moments makes you really sort of realise about it. And so, again, for me, obviously I'm injured with my ankle at the moment, which is obviously just f- frustrating to say the least. And I've yeah, got enough yeah. things to get my mind off of it for the time being. But in my head, I'm like, right, you've seen this with clients already. It's, they come back too soon from injury. Yeah. They then get re-injured again. And I'll like, right, okay, fine. Let this settle. You've got other things to work on. And then I've got my my mind set on a competition, obviously, in September type of thing, which we're uh, at the club. We're doing like a 12-week training camp, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm like, wicked. All for that. So I'm like, look, that doesn't start for another few more weeks' time get the ankle up to where it needs to be so you don't have to worry about even just little shudders here and there and then crack on with it type of thing yeah and that
1: was but that was a big sort of wake-up call for me is it brain belt there's no one left at brain belt that, that isn't any good everyone's either fallen by the wayside that doesn't compete anymore yeah and um the army con pipe ran into the quite sizable form of josh gibbs um who like fair play to him he's good he got um i think he got gold and a bronze maybe at the euros this year in adult, yeah. like one adult adult brain belt ultra heavy you know, the guy's, the guy's an absolute animal and fair play to him. He's a um, lovely bloke as well, yeah. you know. But it was then I sort of like gripped up with him and I was like, okay, this is going to be our day at the office. And he, <laughs> he threw me that hard. I, I had to check to make sure everyone was still working. I had to give me fingers a little wiggle. I hit the floor. Honestly, I hit the floor of that hard. Um, I think he got me an outside, outside trip. Um, and, I was, and I'm not a weak bloke, you yeah. know. And I was like, I feel like a child here. Um, and that was when I sort of realised that like, there are levels to this mm. and this is where going back to that humility like I feel like with the guys that I train with and the guys that I have trained with in the past mm. I've trained with some of the best people in the UK yep. as a hobbyist yep. what other sport can you do that in? No. you know like I've been to California trained with guys from California you know some really really good guys you can't do that in any other sport you can't just get on the park with like Lionel Messi for a kicker around, can you? no you know and, and you sort of realise there's levels to this and there's levels within levels so, yeah, all right, you might be winning in your club at Purple Belt, and you might be winning, like, the local Open, but don't mug yourself off that you're, that, that you're some yeah. amazing competitor. And that's the end going back to people then going, oh, I've won this, I'm going to offer a private. It's like, whoa, 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 go and compete at, like, the high level. So, you know, I was on the map with a guy who's just, like, I think he's won the British, the Combined Services, the Army Comp, and the Euros. And he's probably going to smash the Worlds as well that he's, yeah. I think he's going to this week. Nice. You know, that, for me, told me where my level was. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm happy with that. I'm right with that. I'm 36 with two kids.
0: <laughs> it's nice to find, I think, you, you, you've understanding of it, it being a hobby a sport, which is yeah. good. And I think you, it's on the flip side of what you mentioned there for the more full time competitor who will be training three times a day, yeah. that type of stuff, they shouldn't really be wasting their time with local comps. No, not like, at all don't get me wrong tune-ups that type of thing i get it like a little warm-ups obviously I know a few people obviously competed at the british uh was it last week or the week before ready for worlds they yeah yeah come up and i can see that logic 100% so kind of work on that which is absolutely fine get some of that ring rust out there whatever you want to call it but if you're up and coming and you're doing well and you're going on the big sub only comps and stuff like this mm. you smashing the local north Somerset open right yeah yeah is of no benefit to no exactly you in your game you have more risk of potentially getting an injury. Yeah, you have more chance of obviously people actually having a bigger target on your back. I'd yeah. say as well, thinking, oh, you're the guy who gets all the invite. I'm going to try and screw you over. Yeah, hundred percent. And all of a sudden they're going to rip on. I don't know, toe hold or something. Like that. And it's not going to be the case of you say tap, that's it, let go.
1: Yeah, right? someone who wants. To put, this is where you get a lot of celebrities do one to ones, don't they? Because they don't want to, no. they don't don't want to go in the gym and someone just comes in and tries to be the mat force. I've seen Tom Hardy's shoes. Like, oh, I'm going to go and beat Bane. Well, yeah, okay. precisely, precisely. <laughs> it's, it's but McGumbert, what you we were saying about ultra heavy, ultra heavyweight is a weird weight division.
0: Yeah, it's a weird weight division you were talking about oh. earlier about in terms of like for me obviously I mean, um, su, I'm no, I'm not super heavy I'm one below that is it heavy? heavy or, yeah heavy so no I'm I'm under 97 so I'm not in I don't know I just that's super isn't
1: that's, it. Depends depends in, it depends depends
0: no gi or gi mean, gi or you I know, know you time. no
1: gi no gi I'm
0: one be below be ultra then aren't yeah, I yeah
1: super heavy yeah Yeah. you'd so, be super heavy Yeah. yeah basically so super
0: heavy and so for me I'm like right I do not want to be just this overweight guy who just can't be yeah, yeah, with I want to be athletic at that level. I mean, you can right? swear, I just can't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i to be yeah. you, like, Do you know Inch what I mean? My yeah. I want to say this. I don't want to be the fat fuck, basically, at that level, right? I want to be athletic guy. I want to be there. I want to be as nimble as, and as speedy as possible type yeah. thing. And be, I get inspired by Nicky Rod, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In I the sense of, like, athleticism, wrestler, we're going to go for it. I do not care. And I think, well, my previous experience of doing CrossFit and other things, yeah. right? I've got high repetitions in my head pretty much drilled in Yeah, the sense yeah,
1: of, yeah. oh, one failed takedown, here's another 10. Precisely, like, yeah. End. And it's about having that, like, you know, I, like, that mentality of being able to get back, like, I didn't want to go training this morning. <laughs> I got out of bed and I was like, oh. Yeah. You know, I go in that gym sometimes and especially when we do, we do like a black and brown belt open mat on a on a, Saturday, on a Sunday morning. Mm. I go in there and I'm like, I'm going to win one round here tops. Yeah. But I'm going to get more from that Yeah. Than, than going, going, you know, maybe to a smaller club. Yep. Yeah. And getting and winning every round and walking out, being like, yeah. I don't
0: get as much satisfaction. Like I said, I'm a big, big, too big ahead of here. Obviously, again, I'm only a blue belt and that type of stuff, but I'll happily roll with obviously white belts and stuff like that, or people who aren't experienced and that type of thing. And I'll enjoy it up to the point of where the second sub kicks in and I've, and I've got another move which I've been working type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Past that point, I'm just like, I'm not. Gaining as much from it, and I'll purposely put myself in positions Exactly position that. I, I, you know, it, there's but...
1: no, there's no point me side controlling a white belt for six minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I rolled, I rolled with a couple of white belts at the Open Mount on Sunday, and I was doing. Funnily enough, on clothes I'm bar from close guard because I'm awful at it. Yeah, you know, and it's like I, I've been messing around with a crucifix a bit lately. Yeah, you know, which has upset a lot of people. Um, I've been doing that. You know, that Barrett Yoshida, assassin joke. Mm-hmm. No, I think you tried to do that to me last time I rolled with you. And I've, I've got, done it, got, it to you. Yeah. yeah, right. It's it's horrendous. Just end up like wrapping a belt around someone's neck is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just just amazing how upset people get. And then there's wrist locks <laughs> available. Oh, there's all sorts. But like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, in it's element, the, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's more. It's more like literally just I'm for a banter. I just literally thought next competition
0: you need to dodge. Do the dodgeball come out? It's just for wrist locks. Why is that the second time we brought
2: that up on the podcast? I don't know. Elite as well. It's about rash guards and they were. Oh, coming out as a club. That was it. It's it's. It's genuinely
1: like more of a banter than the fact I'm ever going to do it in a comp. But I'm not going to go and do that to like some, you know, fifty kilo female on a Sunday. That's pointless. And it's about okay. like maximising your training. There's times where you need to just use your A game, but there's times where actually you need to work on things. Yeah. And 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 again, Gary Hewson, obviously chat map like that. now he's he's awesome at that. Mm. He's absolutely awesome at that. He'll come in and he he's been trying like a little hip sweep from Close Guard, and was getting filled in for quite a while with it because me, me and him are like that pass. You know. Now. It's, it's, it's a legitimate it's threat and that's yeah. how you get better. If you're trying to win all the time in the gym, you're not doing it right. right. And that was something that it took me until Brain Belt to realise. Really? Yeah, 100%. I got to Brain Belt and I suddenly sort of took stock and I was like, my leg locks are poor, my back control is poor and that's sort of where I've gone into this like weird crucifix segue from, you know. Um, my arm bars are poor Yeah. and all I've been doing the last few weeks is arm bar from mate because obviously with um, Rich and RR moving to a new facility, it sort of dawned on me that like I'm going to be like the like you know the number three guy in the gym essentially, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I need some credibility. someone comes in and just sees me like side control on a white belt for six minutes because I can't do anything else, mm. you know I, I need that credibility that oh look you know so and so is a big lad but he's doing the basics, yeah. And that's another one of my pet hates when people are like oh yeah you beat me because you're big. It's like hang on mate, I just swept you from my clothes guard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still feel bad.
0: Obviously I went and rolled off to your paddy on Sunday and roll was absolutely fine because I was blessed the fact my ankle held up for it and everything. And I think there's one point on the third roll that we did where I hated it. It just basically bench pressed his hips up. Yeah. And I and went into single leg X, obviously shock of all things. And I was like, "Oh, mate, sorry, didn't mean to do that." And I fucking hated it every single second of it because I was like, I didn't use enough technique. That's true. It. But then at
1: the same time, are you gonna are you gonna turn off his speed? No. So you know, it, it's, and, and,
0: it's a hard thing to try not to do. So I try my obviously, again, not to use strength. All and time. that's and
1: that's a big thing for big guys. And that's why. And again, this is my personal opinion. I, I know other people disagree on it. I think big guys should train in the gy. Mm. um i think i think for bigger guys that you see a lot of it with the sort of mma bjj crossover when you get mma guys you come in to practice their grappling mm. and particularly some of the big guys that have never put the gi on a lot of their escapes will be like you know getting out of stuff and it teaches bad habits because no gi when you're a bit sweaty you can get out of it yep. and i think in the gi the friction it makes you get that underhook properly it makes you come up on a single leg properly mm. and you know, I'm not one of these guys that's like, oh, to do no gi, you have to do gi. I don't think that's true. But if you look at, <laughs> if you, but if you, I bet Rich is
0: going to disagree with you. No, no, no but
1: but I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I just think everyone should do a bit. And if you look at what Danaher does, and this is the bit that's not spoken about that much, from what I've heard, Danaher, his um, white belts all have to do gi. Really? You can't. From what I've heard, you can't just go in and do no gi. Really? That's interesting. and it, and I think that, that for the fundamentals, the fundamentals of getting an and underhook. Don't get me wrong, you know. Is doing Della Worm Guard going be, to be something that, you know, I, I do a bit of Worm, I think it's funny. Um, but, you know, is doing Della Worm Guard going to be something that's going to benefit you in an MMA match? No. Yeah. But is, is, you know, learning to escape out of that, you know, getting that that um, single leg or getting that underhook and someone's giving your collar that, so you've got to do a bit more. And then you find mm. it all the more easier, no gi. And I, I've rolled with MMA fighters before, and it's like you see them run out of ideas very quickly when the power game doesn't work. Yeah. And I think that's where the, the gi is quite valuable. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think it's one of those where you necessarily should train in the gi alongside no gi to be amazing at no gi, but I think mm. everyone needs a foundation in the gi. And, and the, the, the mats are littered at the moment with, with blue belts who know loads of leg locks but can't pass guard. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. interesting. Thing. You know, like there's people out there, you know, there's, there's individuals out there that I could name, but I won't because I'm not horrible, who haven't got any jiu-jitsu apart from, unless it is related to that heel hooking system. Mm. so you know someone might come up in single leg X you strip that leg you pass they got nothing mm. you know they go into one of the one of the sort of ashy positions and this is someone else I'm not a leg locker but I put some time in with do you know Olly Uh, Ollie, uh, oh, Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I put yeah. some time in with Ollie Shearn just, yeah.
0: just to learn it it was like um, Owen and Flagon's uh, seminar
1: yeah so okay. I, I put some time with Ollie to learn it so that I knew what I was doing roughly so if someone mm. got me in it I could get out so that I could threaten it to get out of positions yeah but to build a foundation if you, if, you, if you can't pass guard and you can't sweep I, you know well, but, but you can invert into a, into a sort of like you know single leg ashy like what's the point it's interesting so I think there's two sides to it now, again
0: you've got probably wrestling camp yeah. yeah, where people were like, wrestling is just a thing you need to do and you're yeah, able to yeah. get very far. And you know Unfortunately, obviously, you see the rise obviously, of like Nicky Rod and that type of people who are that calibre of wrestling and have got very far with it in a short amount of time, which is good. Then you've got the leg lock crew, basically, yeah. who were like, right, okay, fine. And it, it dawned on me the other day was that once you start, I imagine, learning the defences, obviously, for leg locks and even potentially putting yourself in better positions... That where where these people then go to next
1: time. But of look thing. look at the elite level like Kane, Kane and it, um, at ADCC with Craig yep. James. Craig yep. James, elite level leg locker. Yeah, got absolutely smushed. Mm. And yeah, there was the issue with the penalties and everything else. But yeah. he, he got absolutely smushed with it. But um, but yeah, ultras are a very weird weight class. Mm. Like you've got you've got your three types of ultras. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've got big guys like Josh Gibbs or Hibbard if he if he's over 100 kilos. You've got guys <laughs> like that, right? Yep. You've got really big fat blokes who are 135, 140 kilos. If they land on you, you're in trouble, you know? And then you've got, like, me and Matty Hud. <laughs> 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 like, like in, the, in the middle. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just like, you know. It <laughs> does, tra- does train, but likes pizza. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like, you know, you've fr- a fridge with a gas tank. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's, that's, that's literally it. Um, so, Ultra's a really weird weight class. Like, I've had it before where I'm like, sparred guys that I've just grabbed their collar and just hung off it until they got tired, and then basically pushed them over. And then I've run <laughs> into Homer and, Simpson. Thing yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And, then, and then I've run into guys that are just absolute athletes. Yeah. And that's where you, you need a bit of technique, and I think that's where, as, as like bigger guys, you need to challenge yourself to learn techniques. And even mm. if you're not, I'm not going to... again. Baron Bowler, I'm not going to use it. No. But I need to know it so that when someone starts doing that, I'm like, whoa, what are you doing there, yeah. boy?
0: It's, it's the same thing again. Like I have to purposely. Like I started again. And some people will absolutely hate this in terms of my own training, like sitting it sitting in guard like a no-ye just so we can get myself in a position which I'm not just gonna take them down, go on top, yeah, and start doing yeah.
1: that. Yeah, I I'm always big I and this is something that positivity that I did take from rugby that you know you talk about rugby, you say if you've got an amazing bat line, you have to earn the right to go wide. Mm. Your forwards have to earn the right to send that ball out to your winger. I think there's a big guy in jiu-jitsu you've got to earn the right to go on top. Mm. And you, you know you see it all the time like sparring sessions, you get some big bloke who's like sort of squatting down, slaps hands and pushes the other bloke over, you know. And it's like I've done that before to make because it's funny. But when you see people doing that, it's like, oh so that's how you're starting the round, is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's what are you learning from that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. You know? That's interesting.
0: Um okay, cool. Obviously in terms then of you competing and stuff, has it
1: been any preference over gi or no gi at all? Or? Um both so I've done I've done two sub sub-only matches, um one on both. Uh, i did one one gi one no gi yeah i've sort of come to realize over the years i think it depends who i'm sparring yeah i I haven't really got a preference but there's some people like obviously like mma fire i want them in the gi (laughs) (laughs) you want that (laughs) advantage do do you know what i mean you want that advantage but i i it's more it's more the people like it's more the people i'm sparring someone more athletic Mm. ideally i'd want them in the gi yeah. because just, just to be able to negate I mean, that this is just my argument with the gear I'm not saying I'm anti in the sense of that there's
0: certain grips like oh, let's take a pan grip right you get yeah. that the bottom of the pan all of a sudden and hold it you've basically got a leash right? yeah because yeah very true there, right and they they can keep running around absolutely fine no yep. problem but you've got a hell of a lot of control yeah. all of a sudden and that obviously would suit the over athletic. yeah exactly and I think
1: the important thing to realise is that the, the gear game you, you can take everything to a certain degree mm. you know like, like the gear game is a sport and I think this is where that people need to be intelligent with roles. If, like, if I was a sat open mat and someone come up to me and said, look, mate, I'm an MMA fighter, I'm a blue belt, I've got the gear on because I just want to, like, practice my escapes and make sure I can escape properly. Mm. I'm not going to be like, cheers, mate, and then chuck them in spider Guard. <laughs> like, that's, like that's, that's not, do you know what I mean? That, 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 that's, about, that's about being a good training partner as well. Yeah. You know, if someone, come in, if someone came in and said, oh, you know, I want to practice my, my worm guard. I just want to put you in it. I want you to try and pass because you know, you're a big, big lad. i will be like, yeah, same, yeah. not a problem. It's about being a good training partner and it, it's, yeah. it's it's having that sort of two-way conversation. Like, what? why are we training today? Are we training because we want to just fill each other in and get a good workout? Mm. Are we training because you've got the Worlds next week? Like... My jiu-jitsu isn't a patch on riches, but I remember when he did the Euros, and he, he might have done all right in it. Did he mention it? Yeah. yeah uh, I, think, I think he might have mentioned I think he might have got a medal or something. You know, one, of, one of Maybe. He might have got gold, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I remember back, I, was, I think I was a blue belt, and he was a purple belt. Um, and I remember, I, I knew him, but I didn't know him as well as I do now. Like, we're, quite, we're quite good mates now. Um, and basically, I remember him saying, oh, mate, just um, start fully locked in head and arm mm. from side control. Yeah. And I'll escape. And it's like, he's not going to learn anything from just playing keep away because I couldn't pass his guard on my best day. Mm. You know, so it's about, and I think that's somewhere where, again, jiu-jitsu is still in its infancy. It's still in its, it's like amateur age Mm. is that people go, what do you do? You go, you go training, right? You do a couple of shrimps up and down the mat. Mm. You do 45 minutes of technique and then you go like Mortal Kombat for 20 minutes. Yeah. And I think that, that's something that, I think brain belt has been the, the belt where I've, I've probably like grown the most in terms of jujitsu mm. because it's where I've gone. I've actually gone and been a bit more cerebral about it. You know, I don't ever take the back. Why don't I take the back? Oh, because when I go and take the back, people escape out of my side control. Well, why do I do that? Because my back control's crap. Okay, cool. What do we need to do? Work on our back control. Yeah, you I know, I think that's the benefit of some clubs now, and obviously I can vouch for this
0: obviously with my own club and obviously other clubs we've spoken to is that even though it maybe seemed like frowned upon, like, oh, how often are you going to do EBI rules type thing? But doing that positional sparring yeah. every single bloody session then puts into perspective that even if you as a teacher are going, I think Jennifer, you mentioned it in his podcast, that you teach, I don't know, a particular leg lock move, right? And then they're going through it absolutely fine. Then it comes to open sparring, they're all just doing kamoras. And you're yeah,
1: like... and that was and that was something. Do you know what? And that was something that actually I, I used to be really guilty of, um, really guilty of at blue belt, because um, I, I I've always had a pretty decent clothes guard. Yep. And if nothing else, I've got strong legs and I can just hold someone there. Um, and I think it used to be like, right, we're going to start from spider guard or, yep. or, or lasso or Delaheiva. Yeah. And the first thing I would do would be to get them into close guard. Mm. I'd abandon delahiva and get them into close guard. Yeah. And long term, did me no favors. Mm. That's why I've basically had to go back. At, at brain belt and yeah. learn how to open guard you that's know? interesting and, and, and because I don't think anyone ever came over and was like hey, you're damaging your own progression by doing that yeah. and I think that's where Jiu is possibly still in it's infancy a little bit mm. is that we don't we don't sort of coach and again going back to my sort of rugby background you, you run a drill and you, you'll sort of get that individual feedback you should have gone that way you should have zigged when you should have zagged like yeah. that kind of thing and, and I think that's where that professionalism hasn't filtered down you, and and this is where you get people who don't train hard. You, you some people attend training. Yep. You know, some people say, "Oh, so and so, so and so is always training It's like, yeah, but they, they attend training. Mm. They turn up to training. They do the warm up. They do a bit a bit of positional sparring or a bit of position work. And then when they go into sparring, they turtle up and, and they're and they're fighting not to lose. Mm. You're not doing yourself any favors whatsoever. You know, you have to, and I think that's the advantage I've had probably in, in in fact all the way through that there's been people at the gyms that can just do what they want with me. Yeah. And I've not had the option of being able to just turtle up and, you know, no yeah. one can do anything to me. Because, you know, you've got people like, like Rory. I remember Rory once, rolling on a Sunday, and he just looked at me and went, I think it's guillotines today, big dog. I was like, oh, <laughs> brilliant. Thanks for that, mate. Six guillotines later. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Rory. Yeah, I'll see you later, mate. Probably they were like sore throat ex- 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 like, ex- no, Exactly, oh, exactly. Like someone, like, you know, calling the submission, or, you know, uh, like... I think we're going to do this today. Least, oh, are we? Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Please do this to a white belt. Just come up with an envelope and just hand it over. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, but that's that's what, that's that's what I mean, you know? And it's, it, just and, there, like, otherwise you know. it'll be like, <laughs> i be like, hey, how are you? But, but looking back <laughs> yeah. on it, that's obviously, like, something he was working on that day yeah. at that higher level. And I think that that is, that's kind of a little bit of what's missing with some people's training. Mm. That some people just turn up and they fight not to lose. And I've had this conversation with... Um, one of the guys at the gym I train at and I with Rich, where I've just said, Look, mate, you you know, you've got a really good right now, you didn't get tapped. But the reason you didn't get tapped is because you've just turtled up and <laughs> locked all your limbs in. And it was yeah. something that um you know Rodrigo, don't you? Yeah. Something Rodrigo told me when I when I he was a purple belt and I was a white belt. And he was like, Look, you need to remember why you started doing this. Mm. You've always got to think one one eye on the self defence aspect. Yeah. And if you're wrapping someone up in their gila pals, it's quality for sport, but don't focus on that all the time because mm. if you ever get into a situation where you might need to rely on your jiu-jitsu to look after you or at least you've got it and they haven't yeah. you know you're not going to pull worm god on the walkabout dance floor at three o'clock in the morning I do not know. you know what i mean it so, it's winter or not yeah exactly so i think and i think that's that's something that, that has always stayed with me i've always thought okay i need to at least keep my honest and. And, and, and make sure the basics are done well. And that's mm. something that I maybe neglected that I've now had to go back to, which is why I'm now in an arm bar from main phase. Mm. I went for a phase of doing loads of reverse reverse half, so reverse scarf with the half guard. Yeah. And then Rich told me off and was like, mate, don't do that anymore. Because someone big's going to push you down and take you back, like yeah. I do. And I was like, yeah, fair one.
2: Do you think that is because your progression for the belts, so you got comfortable with what you knew. So like from white belt, you've got like one technique you're like, cool, I know I'm fucking good at this. Get your promotion. Everyone knows you as the guy who's good in clothes guard, for example. Yeah, don't go clothes guard, blah, 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 blah. Then you go to purple, you find something else that you're good at. Do you find that you get like locked into techniques? And you kind of yeah, like I think that so. I like... think so.
1: I just used to own my platter. I, I used to used own my platter people left, right, and center. And I was like, oh, this is working, this is cool. Whereas yeah. maybe I should have gone, and this is what I've done now. And I think also, like, I'm a bit more mature now, I'm in my mid 30s, and with, with I've got two little girls now, about about to maximize my training. Yeah. So, like, it's not like back in the day when I could train every night of the had on a Sunday, you know? And I could literally turn up, and I could turn up and attend training. Yeah. I could turn up and be like, oh, I don't want to be able, but I'm just going to go through the motions. Now, if I'm knackered, I won't go training. Mm. And I'll speak to my missus and I'll say, do you know what? I'm not going to go tonight. Can I go tomorrow night instead? Is that what of our plans and what have you? Yeah. Because I kind of like, when I'm out of the house, I need to maximize those sessions. Mm. And I think that, that was part, I think part of the issue as well was, um, I don't agree with how much IBJJF charge for the for the, the service they provide I don't think it's a worthy investment of my time or money. I think you're looking at what hundred and forty 140 quid or whatever for, for you know plus yeah. plus the travel, getting some food, getting down there and all yeah. the rest of it. Like I was it was it Jed Hugh that went all the way to Paris?
2: I think it was. Was it was it, it
1: Jed when I think, when I think I saw that on his Instagram. I think he went all the way to Paris for the Paris Open, paid to enter and all the rest of it. Yeah. Opponent no showed. yeah and right. I, I like and
0: it, again I, I know I it a couple of times. Obviously Mark had that with his cop in Ireland over in Ireland yeah and
1: his opponent just refused yeah. to go on the map all the, all the, all the, all the way to Ireland to, 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 to you know get nothing from it and I think for me that's I, I, not something I, I'm not willing to, to make that investment of time and money yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that that possibly harmed my development a little bit going back to your question Tom because from from white to purple belt I, I did primarily local comps with some really like de- some decent people in comps, don't get me wrong. I thought um, Leon in Newquay, so Leon Hines, Army, Army Brain Belt, lovely bloke. Um, really good comp game, like outstanding comp game. You know, um, It's someone I, I'd like to train more with. Same with Josh, I'd like to be able to get down and train more with them. Um, but a lot of the Army camps and that are during the week when I'm working. Um, but I was never going to do an IBJJF, so I don't think I ever got filled in. And I think in my head, and I know this is the same with a lot of the old school Pedro guys, because the gym was so tough, when mm-hmm. you went to comps, it was just it was almost like a bit of time off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's
0: great Muhammad Ali phrase, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I want to make the training that bad that when it comes to the actual yeah. fight yourself.
1: So it's... and I think yeah. I think in hindsight, I probably would have been better off maybe doing a couple of IBJJF comps just to, to see that big comp environment <laughs> yeah. and it's, but
0: this is what I'm saying, obviously with the training, obviously for, for that for myself personally, is obviously in September obviously a lot of the club are going over to Poland yeah, for ABC yeah. trials. I have no expectation of walking away, getting the invite, right? Yeah. Even at yeah. that, like, just because of obviously that, air. but in my head I'm like, right, cool, we're gonna put some obviously effort into this. See, wh- I think I mentioned it to someone else, it will highlight holes in my game so much more quicker- Yeah,
1: 100%. Than me turning up each and every week and just trying to learn It's, it's also in. that, like, so I keep using Gary as a really good example. When Gary started training with us, yeah. it was a bit like, oh, someone knew he was good, but he didn't know my game, I didn't know his. Yeah. So it's brilliant. You know, and that's, like, that's, it's more like being a gym. gym yeah, so, and yeah. This, yeah, this is, this. Say, yeah. And,
2: since, since I fucking, obviously doing this, we've been able to go to like Nottingham and May, unfortunately we get the role of them. I've, I think we've been to Elite, and I, although I've rolled the Elite guys at the open mat, going to their open mat, their home, and rolling with them, completely different. Yeah, and but it's... I've it's rolled with Joe before, and fuck me, man. Like, I was expecting him to just, <laughs> just fucking go to the throw me, but he is so technical. And like, I have only ever been under pets. I've never been anywhere else. Yeah, so I,
1: whenever I'm away, if I'm if I'm away for a long period of time, um, so every year I've got to do like a two-week block of military stuff, mm-hmm. um, okay. uh, nine times out of ten I'll take my gear with me. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I, um, I did my dog handling course um, up near Leicester, so I went down to like Leicester shoot fires and stuff like that. And oh, nice. it was, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's that ability. And this is one thing I love about the community, which I, I sort of prefer to rugby. Mm. You know, I went up to a teaching conference in Gloucester last month. One of the guys from our club, Will, his sons play football in Cheltenham. So he's up there all the time. So he'll drop the kids off at football and go and roll and then go back and pick the kids up. Two phone calls later, I'm chatting to a Polish, but he's Polish, chatting to a Polish guy from this gym in Cheltenham, who's invited me up at up past five in the morning. So I've driven up the motorway, trained, and then gone to this teaching conference. And you're not gonna get that in any other community. No, no. And being able to go and roll with guys, yeah. and, and it just, it was the same way, I, I took my gear on honeymoon with me, mate, you know? and like. And my missus was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, you know, you pretend you're not a bit ginger. Like, you, you know, you. every holiday we go on, she turns into a fire extinguisher and tries to be like, oh, I thought I was all right. That ship sailed a long time ago for me. And it was little things like I popped into a gym in, um, was it Monterey? No, I trained in Monterey. Santa Barbara, trained at uh, Paragon in Santa Barbara. Okay. Walked in, you know. Yeah, walked in, I was like, All right guys, how you doing? I like, oh, where's your accent from? I was like, Oh, England. I said, like, What are you doing? I said, like, oh, I'm on the honeymoon, that's amazing, man, get you in. of More, quality all of that lot though they can all wrestle can't they Found that <laughs> out the hard way yeah, um, yeah. Rest, wrestling in school yeah that's something that needs to come in because honestly that's something obviously I think we're lacking a bit in the UK Passively. Like I can remember like battering this lad and then like we sort of came up to the feet and he's just single leg me into next week I was like whoa we're staying down here from now on um, <laughs> but like getting like bits of information from them like this is where you want to go for lunch this is a good restaurant don't go yeah, there it's such, and it's, it's such it's, it's a such great, community. great community with like the, the value that it's yeah. got
0: um so. I think, like I said, the community itself like, is probably the, 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 obviously the best out there I've ever seen, yeah. right? Don't get me wrong, everyone has dickheads in there, right? And create animosity for any odd reason, for yeah, another yeah. reason which is fine. But majority of the time, 99% of the time, you can travel anywhere in the world, right? I think even Show Your Old did something about the guy who had a cauliflower ear and he was in Five Guys, right? Yeah, five yeah. Guys employee recognised the fact he had cauliflower in and gave him free fries and a free drink. I was and sat I was next like, to a bloke, a I sat know,
1: next to a guy in Las Vegas. At a um, at a blackjack table, yeah. Who saw my collie and went, "Oh, are you here?" Because it was the World Masters that week. Was it? Yeah. And I was like, "No, mate. No." I said, "I'm here on honeymoon." I said, "It's just coincidence. I've ended up here. Like, I've done nothing but like eat lobster and drink champagne for like two weeks." Yeah. And um, he was like, "Oh," he said, "I've had a bit of a rough morning," and he'd flown in from like montana or something like that yeah. so you know it's like in america he's he's had to get like you know two flights of bus on a donkey yeah. to get to, to get to vegas and um he drew cyborg in the first round <laughs> so, he's, so, he's, so he's so he's gone he's gone all that way right he's gone all that way for literally like 25 seconds in the washing machine and then and then he's just sat he's just sat at this uh at this oh. blackjack table just like that <laughs> I was like, like, I it's
2: think... like you said how fucking cool is that, though? Because it's like, it's like, I think it was Yelchin, wasn't it? Yalshin went down to London. Yeah, cool, first competition. So Gets Yeah, it's, it's, it, Ross well, yeah, like, yeah.
0: Oh, Yelchin's yeah. 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 a blue belt, right? And so really, really good at blue belt and stuff like that. And one said, right, I'm going to do the elite yeah which is like again an encouragement to go and put yourself in yeah, the, yeah, put yourself the back, yeah. match against Ross Nichols. now <laughs> treat, treat yourself yeah. yeah now the good thing I don't think he lost from what I remember he lost on points basically yeah, yeah, he didn't get yeah. subbed or anything like that and then like I said he just took more stuff away from it yeah um, yeah yeah you need, you need people to like pr- like almost
1: pressure test yeah. you don't you the
0: other thing I was going to mention I think I sent you an Instagram post I think it was yesterday and it was like uh, what we should do is we get everyone in the world to go in a giant I don't know uh, person yeah. to person bracket and this commentator is like yeah this is how we'll do it and then it goes it's this random guy who's like shadow boxing like hi mate uh Dave we've got your first opponent his name's um John Jones <laughs> <laughs> it's like John
2: Jones the, the UFC fighters. he goes yeah he are you
0: fucking joking like, that's it yeah. go, and I'm like there would be someone who'd get that fight you, yeah you, you end stay, up like
1: you, yeah There's, but there's but wait, like, it, the
2: community's so good because like you know, we're basically reaching out to people. Hello, can we borrow you for fucking two hours, which we know a, you could be doing a seminar, teaching...
1: Or well, we've had to wait because of my half-term, haven't we? Yeah, So you know, exactly. just, get, you know, just get that and sorted. I,
2: you know, I... I went to the ADCC headway camp in Drake uh, last year? Yeah, mm. last year. And rolled with Owen, rolled with Ash, uh, rolled with Theon. Yeah. Um, And then I also rolled with Abby O'Toole and... Fuck me, mate. I've never been armband so quick in my life. Yeah. It was unreal. And I also rolled with Tom O'Hagan. Yeah, yeah. He fucking battered me. I went to primary school with Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so long from my mate Aaron who lives with him and stuff. I was like, this would be such a massive opportunity to not roll with these random people I've never met for in the UK. And like, all these big things just on the mat. Ash Williams, yeah, yeah, come down, mate. Roll. Not a problem at all. And like, I think you could, in pretty much most gyms bar certain ones, you could probably quite easily email message and say, hey, I'm there for a week, mm. would you want to come, Rob?
1: Yeah, do? I do agree with what Craig Jones pat a little while ago, though, being like, if you're coming in and there's professionals and you're not good, don't come near. Because it is their living, you know, one you know, one, one accidental sort of like landed on a leg yeah, or something. Exactly, you don't
0: want that to happen. Uh, one thing I do want to actually con- uh, talk about was the transition from rugby to jiu-jitsu, yeah. right? What was difference about the communities? Obviously, let's be honest. In rugby, you've got you you've probably got like some you're multiple probably group chats where everyone's up to fucking sound. Got yeah, there, like, yeah, yeah. That, that time. What drew you more to the jiu jitsu element with that? Like cause again, two like, very sort of communities. Yeah, are very like,
1: like for me, it was the the idea of working working hard as an individual mm. in an individual sport, but still being part of a team. Yep. like being able to like manage my own destiny. Like on the mat, it's you. But, mm. like, with rugby, you know, you can play your best game in the world, but if someone else is off their game and drops a pass and that, you still lose the game. Yeah. And I'm a bit like, oh, well, I've tried my best today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it's like the old classic, you know, you turn off on a Saturday morning and your fly-ass spin out the night before. Mm. <laughs> and yeah.
0: Like, and that doesn't, that, you know, that that, That's, that... that was the reason it drew me to it in the first place. So obviously, I've done lots of different sports, football, rugby, all that type of stuff, and what used to infuriate me slightly was the fact that, let's say you were doing extra fucking work, yeah. right, to really help you improve and stuff like that. And I'd say the majority of the culture within those type of environments, depending on where you are, is, oh, you're being a bit odd.
1: Yeah. And also, do you know what? I'll be absolutely honest. Um, I'm not very good at rugby. I am I am absolutely a blunt instrument. I just run at people. Like I've, I've had I've various like because I I didn't really do any sport growing up at all, um, and it was only when I was eighteen working in a pub and uh, there's a guy who's an old boy from my rugby club. So I was like, oh, do you fancy playing a bit of rugby? I was like, yeah, whatever. And that was my first sort of foray into into sport. Was it like eighteen? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that was kind of where it where it sort of came from. And then when I went into rugby, it it was it was it was quality, but. That that support wasn't there because it's all mm-hmm. about banter it. it's all you know, yeah. bl- blokes and budgie smugglers calling each other dickheads all the time, like yeah. You know, so that's, that's basically what it is. Um, and that, that idea of of the support and people you know rallying around you and helping you through stuff you're bad at, and if you're bad at this, someone comes over and shows you, and that, that was what I really liked about mm-hmm. jiu I could also do it more often, yeah, you know. Um, but also you can control it a lot more, yeah. Like if you've got a bad leg, you can get on that rugby pitch, you're an idiot if you do. Mm. If you've got a bad leg, you're say, mate, I've got a bad leg, just don't on me on that side. Yeah. You know, you can roll with people you trust. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you, you can't really, I mean, I've seen most people get injured in rugby matches, in charity matches.
0: Really? Like when you're
1: having a laugh and a bit of a mess around and yeah. that and then, you know, um, very, very few people get injured in like top intensity matches when mm-hmm. everyone's trying their hardest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was what, that was what kind of drew me over just like the, the cultural sort of side of it and, yeah. you know, and also like, it's just, I mean, I'm just a bit more grown up. I just like the fact, like I said,
0: the efforts you put into yourself is what then transpires obviously on the mat. And I think that's the one thing, because as as you kind of mentioned, right, I didn't get on well with my local rugby team, if I'm honest. Again, being a bit of an outsider, I went to Bristol School, but I lived in Cleveland at the time and stuff like that and just didn't get on with them in the slightest bit they just kept on viewing me as like oh you train elsewhere that type of thing and then they'll they'll go and train at their local school right yeah. and then they'll come to the local club as well yeah yeah and that would be like oh everyone knows everyone type thing yeah, so yeah. coming in from an outside point of view just didn't get on right i might be in a melt for the all they concern type thing yeah yeah like, whatever i'm happy obviously to talk about Like, i do be open about that but at the same time for me it was like i like the independent which is actually why i ended up doing like a little bit more bodybuilding to begin with right kind of went into that, in that, into that position of right, right, which is just me, yeah? Mm. No one's gonna get me into the position that I wanna be, right? Then the CrossFit element came into it as well. So I got diagnosed with Type 1, I'm giving my life story here, and I was like, right, bodybuilding, yeah. Type 1 ain't gonna go well together. Um, and then again, it was independent. Yeah, it was you and that clock. I. Yeah, yeah. You got to do X amount of reps in 20 minutes. You can rest as much as you want. But yes, what? That was that your...
1: was the weird thing for me. So like, obviously, I haven't started sport late. Um, I didn't have like that. Those amazing fine motor skills and floating 40 yard passes, like you see some people doing. So I've always been a bit of a blunt instrument. Get the ball run at people. Mm. You know, um, Jiu-Jitsu, bizarrely was the only spot I've ever done where it just clicks. Really? Like there's some there's some bits that you know again. Some of the like inverting and stuff like that, just because of my size, I find that harder. Mm. But there's things I look at, and some of the submission chains and stuff like that, to link link that to rugby with like a free face plate, no chance. Mm. Jiu-jitsu, I can go triangle triangle to armbar to Oma Platter, to sweep to come up to reverse half. You know, I, I can do those moves, and it makes sense in my head, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. You know, I've got quite a big case of undiaged like, ADHD as well, and I think and I think that that the jiu-jitsu really helps with that, and yeah. I think particularly. For the setting that I work in now, I think it's brilliant for kids with ADHD and brilliant for kids that have got a bit of anger. Yeah. But I think this idea that jujitsu is like this magic pill that everyone can take, I don't think that's accurate. It's not for everyone getting crushed under someone.
0: What do you think about that? Then obviously that statement, this, this magic pill that everyone can take. There's so certainly a lot of cases where I'd say, again, I'll probably had this more commonly from people who've done bodybuilding before, right? Gone down the enhanced route, got on the trend. It's just basically mucks with their heads so yeah, much, yeah. right? relationships have gone down the pan, like family have not gone well, that type of thing. And then they've found this other sport, which for whatever reason is just still, seems to be clicking with them. And then it obviously puts them, not to say on the straight and
1: narrow, but calms them down a hell of a lot type thing. Keep, uh, it keeps you honest, doesn't it though, Jiu Jitsu? Like, like I said earlier on, you can't go out drinking on Saturday night if you're rolling Sunday morning. Mm. I mean, you, you can, but it's going to work. Mm. Even, even if you're better than everyone else, it's going to work. Um, mm. And I think also it it never ends jiu-jitsu a, and i think that that particularly you, you i think you tend to find that people that get into bodybuilding people that get into um i've got quite an addictive personality yep okay i i've got quite an addictive personality and quite an obsessive personality as well um jiu is brilliant for me because I, I channel that into that so like true story just as the event two years ago that happened mm-hmm. that put everything on pause just as that kicked in i was like well, oh, i need something to do don't i and I got as far as having a PlayStation in the, um, the basket on Amazon. I got as far as I was about to order one. <laughs> yeah. And I sat there and I thought, if I buy a PlayStation... I'm going to be sat here in my pants at three o'clock in the morning with a headset on giving American kids chat. Sounds perfect. Mate. We, do you know we, what we, I mean? Yeah, we need
0: to do this. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. But this is this is why I, I don't own a games console because yeah. I will end up going down that
0: rabbit hole with it. I'm very similar in the sense that when I do get time, which is basically none at the moment, every time <laughs> that I've ever touched my PlayStation, people are like, oh, do you not get bored of this game? I only get focused in on such minute details. And for me at the time, it was just... Um, doing challenges for camos on guns. Right. So for me, we used to play Modern Warfare loads as a kid back when it first came out, and it was trying to get the golden gun. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. I'd go on the same map with the same gun, just, just obsessing
1: over it. Yeah, and like over and over. But that'd and over be me. me. That'd be me. And I'd be like, oh, you I'd know, like, and in the end, I ended up getting absolutely obsessed with doing like thousands of burpees and running 40-50k k a week, <laughs> which which probably long term was better for me, you know. Yeah, um definitely. But. But yeah, and that yeah, and I've I've always been quite I've I've quite a aer- good aerobic base to come with with spot. Yeah. which has been. I mean, we've we've rolled, haven't we? We've definitely rolled, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> like, In the meantime,
2: um, like, mate, I've rolled with you since I was a white belt, and you're now brown because I figured out the other day because I was chatting to Tom when I went down to um, Emmys. I've been under pets for seven years. Yeah. So I was at Merton Road with you lot doing the fucking horrible rope climb and all like,
1: that. Yeah, Merton Road. Merton Road was rats. People don't understand what Merton Road was it like. Was- it, 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 was, it was it was rats. It and was, this
2: it was the summer days where pets used to keep fucking shutter down. Yeah, you might occasionally
1: <laughs> open the garage shutter that Do <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but like easy like to breathe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like with, and, and, and this is what I mean. I, I was from Robert, brought up in that environment, as are a lot of the sort of Merton Road old boys that, yeah. you know, mostly now are hitting sort of bright and black belt. Um and I think that people people don't know. Yeah. P- people now expect to go to a gym and do it for a year, get a blue belt three years get a purple belt, mm. five years get a brown belt. And it's like, it don't work like that. You have to put the hard yards in. You have yeah. to. And actually you're, and this is where I'm, I'm always kind of, I wouldn't say suspicious, but when you've got people that have got an outstation gym and they're affiliated to a federation, it's being run by a purple belt and that black belt lives in like Vladivostok or whatever. Mm. And they pop in once a year to grade. I'm like, he hasn't got a clue. What's going on? He's, he's taking the word of a purple belt who isn't focusing on their own game because they're teaching. So actually what do they know about your development? Because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I'm always a little bit like, well, hang on, you're saying you're getting graded to this and getting graded to that. But I, I know that with my development coming up, particularly under Pedro and now with Rich, if I'm screwing something up, I know about it very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm told immediately. And some people don't like that. Some people don't like that that accountability. And it takes a certain amount of humility to be able to to do that and to be able to go, do you know what? I've just been told off. I like it. I, I you know, I've got quite a, an extrovert personality. I will walk around like a peacock giving it the big gun. That's just the way I'm, I'm made. Mm. And I need to be slashed down to size from time to time. And yeah. I find that quite hard to take in my 20s. Yeah. So now I've been, and, and there was a few times, like particularly when I when I obviously served overseas, that there, there were, you know, my, my, my section commander at the time, Daz, he would grip me all the time. Come on, ginger maggot, get on that, get on that. And, and at the time, I was like, well, this is a bit much, isn't it? But actually, I need to be told because I was screwing up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where some people really struggle with being able to realise, do you know what? Yes, it's a martial art. Yes, it's a hierarchy, right? Actually, your opinion probably doesn't count that much. You know, if you're a blue belt and you've just gone and won Worlds, then yeah, fair one, I'll listen to you. You know, if you're someone who has attended 20 classes and got a blue belt, because I've seen guys come to ours from other schools where they've been graded on attendance, yep. and it's and it's not that the talent not level's the not difference. been there, yeah. and actually, and do you know what, and it's and it's embarrassing for the person. I, I know a guy who wanted to hand his blue belt in.
2: he, yeah, he wanted so. to
1: go back to white belt, and I've seen it before. And and my, the analogy I think I used to you off, off air earlier on was that people are being sold a fake Rolex, mm. like, like like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is it, it's the Rolex of martial arts, but you this,
0: know. It's the same thing. It's, I don't know. Part of me again, I don't know if this is the, again more positive on the Nogi front, right? If you're not wearing rank rash guys. it's like
1: tie boxing, isn't it? You go yeah. in you tie box. It's yeah. the same with wrestling. You go in you wrestle. I, and, I and, don't care. Like
0: in yeah. the day, I, I don't know what, I did. not Make a mistake. <laughs> I think I've said this before about how I rolled with someone. I was like, oh, are you are you like a, a blue belt? And he was like, no, I'm brown. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've just insulted him. Like I didn't, <laughs> like, I didn't mean to do. Yeah, that Yeah, no, type I've had thing. that before. Where right. I've rolled,
1: I've rolled with like a pair of shorts on a t-shirt. Yeah. And you know and and in the role I oh What belt you on know, my brain belt oh, oh alright but it doesn't matter we just had a good yeah, brain light you know? Really good um, but I, I think that, that, that like I keep going back to it I think that people need to start leaving egos at the door and and when I first started in Merton Road it was like you didn't just turn up to Nogi you, you, you got asked yeah. you know you didn't, you didn't turn up to the advanced class you went to beginners and I can remember it was like when you're on a touchline in football or rugby and you're a sub, and it's like, put me in, coach, you yeah. know. And like, I remember, like sparring at like ten to seven, like after I'd been there for about five, six months, and I was like inspiring. I was like trying to murder people. I was like, Pets, Peds, meds, look, you know, what I'm doing <laughs> look, look, I'm ready to step up. And then in the end, I remember when he was like, you know, oh man, do you want to come to like the, the you know, the comp class? I was like, yes, I've made it. And I got there, And like you seen the, the the Ralph Wiggum meme, like you know, like I'm in danger. <laughs> like like that, that was me. I remember walking in and lining up, and you had Tom Shirel was a blue belt. You know, Dan O'Connor was a purple belt. Yeah. Blanca was a brown belt. You know, I think Matrix was a brown belt. And I'm like, ah, oh my god! Like, you know, be careful what yeah. you wish for. And the decision to not to hold people was absolutely right because actually, if I'd have turned up earlier, if I'd have got filled right in by that lot two months in, I might not have gone back. Mm. Probably would have done because what I'm like some people would. It gives you flashbacks when I was down at sweat. Yeah, box with and, white belt
0: and I was like trying to. Worm my way in not to away my way in but i'd be speaking to my instructor at the time which was wes and sort of saying could you, could you put a nice word in to see if i can go and go, go into these competition classes yeah, yeah. or like that i think it was like an advanced class type thing I'm yeah like, i want to do more nogi and stuff and it's like and they're like Are you sure Are you sure yeah. like, I, i'm the, happy the, to get these aren't mix. the droids you're looking for yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah and i was just like right okay i just want to like i said i'm happy to get filled it and i think that takes a mindset for some people to say i'm happy to lose over and over yeah. again that was the first bit, but I think the next bit, which took me a little while to understand, is that I've got to also be a good training partner yeah. for those people. It's, because if I'm laying there like a dead weight,
1: yeah. they're not getting. Anything. It's, you know, what, it's quite nice for me because, uh, like, teaching—it's my classroom. Mm. You know, military side, I'm an instructor on in quite a lot of subjects. Yes. So, so most of the time, I'm the one putting the foot on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, with jujitsu, oh I love being the student. I just love going yeah, in that, and learning. It, I just yeah. love. I just love going in and not having to worry about. Teaching, or what I'm going to teach at that private. And my missus said to me, she's like, "Oh, would you ever think of like teaching or whatever?" I'm like, "No," because I never want it to yeah. feel like a chore. This is the great thing about it. I can't take my phone on there. Exactly. I can't have my watch on there. Exactly. I,
0: it's just me on the mat. Exactly, and mate. And, and, and it's like,
1: and, and again, like in terms of being kept honest. I remember there was doing a comp class, and me, Rich, and Hibbard were in the same group. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> and it was like, what are you started in the middle, you had to run to the guy one side the mat, and I think do a takedown or do a no, yeah, do a sprawl, and then it was like run to the other side of the mat, do a burpee and then a, and then a takedown. And it was like ten reps of that. And yeah. And literally like my heart and lungs were hanging out of my mouth, do you know what I mean? So we went round and then it was Rich's turn in the middle and he came up to do his takedown on me and I just basically fell on the floor. You know, I didn't I didn't attempt to resist it. You know, it's like you're doing like fifty yeah. percent takedowns. Yeah. And he literally just went, right, everyone stop. Crocs are screwed up. You know, probably the language was a bit more colourful than this. Yeah. You know, don't want to do it properly so everyone's doing burpees, right? So everyone got twenty burpees. And do you know what? I was cool with that. Because actually, I, I deserved to get gripped, yeah. right? And this was probably a year ago now, and the message, you know, message understood. It's still in there now, mm. you know? And what that did to my training going forward, at the time, did I like being caught? And I was like, sorry, lads, my fault. Just get on with it, you know? You, that sort of hard group training with, with accountability and real life, I won't even use punishments, just real life accountability. It keeps yeah. everyone honest, and you get better results from that.
0: So where do you think it gets watered down then? Is it just the fact that, again, I'm trying to be in the shoes of potentially the instructors in this point, that if you've got a club, which is, let's say, 500 plus members, right? Big, big, big fucking club. Yeah, yeah. There are going to be some people who are just not going to get on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if, let's let's be honest, obviously, in comparison to other clubs that we've been talking about, yeah, yeah, you've got a good, nice, knit community of, like, let's say, 50 members. Yeah. Yeah. And they understand what they're dealing with, yeah? And the fact is they'll add more to it. So where does it get watered down? I think I it? think
1: it's the money. And I think I think that actually if, you, if you're a black belt and you're full-time and you've finished your competitive days and let's face it, there's no money in it. No. Whatever people say. Like, there's some guys out there making decent money, no. but the majority of jiu-jitsu guys, I would suggest, are making their money through privates. Yeah. Right? Which is why it annoys me when you get rubbish people doing privates because from my point of view, it's like, hang on, you're just taking food out of the mouth of that guy. If he's offering 40 quid and you're offering 20 quid, then people are going to go to you because you don't, yeah. you don't know what you don't know. And, and I think that, I think that where, where it gets watered down is people sort of, you're always going to take on, if you're, a black, if you're a black belt and you've got five gyms and someone says, oh, can we come under you? You're going to say, yeah, because it's more money. Mm. But then you need to make sure that the guys that are running that gym, that you've got confidence in their abilities to be able to say, do you know what? This guy's ready for a blue belt, and if that guy in that gym running it is a blue belt, how can you possibly have that confidence? But you're gonna do it because it's, it's following the money trail, mm. you know. And I think that it probably goes back to the conversation we had earlier about you know, I, I me and Tom disagree on this. Me and Tom shadow like, obviously really good mate of mine, Tom. Um, we disagree. I don't think everyone. I don't think everyone gets a black belt, mm. and that's that's controversial. I, I, I if, if you know, Rich is my is is my sort of coach, and I, Rich, turned around to me and went, mate. I don't think that you're ready for a black belt. I don't think you're going to be anytime soon. I'd be like, cool, no dramas. still going to keep training. Would
0: you not be intrigued
1: as to what you'd need to do to get out of for- Yeah, Yeah, I would. Yeah, And that's the question I'd ask. But I think everyone can get a blue belt. I think what we're starting to see now is purple belt being watered down. When I first started only eight years ago, right, blue belts was like... I remember looking at watching Tom at a comp and watching him and Bolo people before I knew what it was and all the rest of it. And I was like, I'm never going to get that good. And then nine months later, I'm getting a blue belt and I was absolutely crapping myself for a session back because mm. I was like, I don't feel like I'm ready, you know? And then the same up to Purple. Purple belts were like, got like, like Roy was a Purple belt, and I yeah. used to watch him murder everybody. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to get that good. And, uh, but I'd be cool with that. If someone said to me, mate, you're not going to be ready for it, you know, because you need to work on this. And if I worked on it, you're still not there, you're still not there. And if that went on for five years, ten years, I'd be like, yes, yeah, signed. But I feel like there's an expectation and it's probably due to a lot of the entitlement that's in society these days mm. that oh well I've, I've I've trained five times this week yeah but what have you done in those five in those five sessions
0: yeah
1: you know you've turned, you turned up you turned up late you've skipped the warm up you've chatted all the way through the position through the positional technique I haven't done any actual you, technique you haven't, do, yeah, you're, you're, you haven't sparred properly you've done what I used to do at Blue Belt and pulled the guy straight into your clothes guard because that's what you're comfortable mm. and then you've gone home and it's like people who don't want to spar hard and you know I, I've heard the analogy before there's people who I think want to do jiu-jitsu because they want to sit in, you know, a pub on North Street drinking an organic lager going, oh yeah, I do, I do Jiu-Jitsu, which means I'm like Wellard. Uh, and it's like, re- really, mate? Because every time I see you on the mat, you get an iron date by everybody. So would you suggest then, like, again, listening to Paddy
0: mention about this, within judo, for you to get your black belt, you've got to do get a certain amount of points from a competitive side of points. Yeah. I, I, so
1: I personally believe that, that to be a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and this is just my personal opinion... Yeah. I think you either need to be able to teach to black belt level Mm. or spar to black belt level or both. Okay. So there are people I know who... Older guys. So they're older. They're full of injuries. Not going to be able to fill me in. Yeah. But if I went to them and said, having drama zoo in my armbar. Yeah, mate. Yeah, bam, 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 bam. That's fine. I think what you're starting to get now is due to time served, there's purple belts out there that that I'm thinking of now, but I'm not going to be horrible on the podcast, that... Cannot spar or teach to that belt level. Mm. But it's all right because they've been training six years. Yeah, I know, I can agree with that. I and it's like the, yeah. analogy, the analogy that I used to earlier, you know, I'm coming up to, you know, I've done 17 years in the reserves. When I get to 20 years, someone isn't going to come in and go, oh, mate, there's your Green Beret. Like, because yeah. I'm a bloke, well, hang on, I haven't done the commando course. Mm. You know, oh, there's your Marine Lid. Yeah, I haven't done P Company. It's, it's it's not something I think should be granted. It's not something that I think should be thrown out willy nilly. So let's flip
0: it on its head then. We're talking about time served. People are obviously getting promoted very quickly.
1: Yeah, based on competition results and stuff like that. I think if you win, I think if you win certain massive tournaments, there's nothing wrong with you going up. Mm. Because people develop, and this is what I mean. Like like, development isn't linear, and this is a problem we have in education at the moment. You know, people think that if a kid comes in on a you know old money grade D that by year eight there should be a C and then a B and then an a. it doesn't work like that. You know, you, it's, like, it's like lifting, you have plateaus, you have periods yeah. where you can't quite get past that hundred kilos on the bench, then all of a sudden it flies up. It's, people develop at different speeds. Like I, I flew through blue and purple. Like I hit purple belt in three years, you know? And if it wasn't for the period of time, I probably would have been brain belt a little bit earlier. But actually in hindsight, best thing that could have happened to me was that period of time. Mm. Because it made me have time away from the mats and actually realize what I was missing and realize actually i bloody love doing that well put
0: that in perspective then for you obviously let's say someone's in your position right in terms of where you got your purple belt in three years
1: you yeah. Said, yeah yeah i was about, i got my blue belt after nine months and i got my purple belt after three years
0: okay so three years right based on some of the i don't know stereotypical systems right that you'd look at that that you wouldn't get your purple belt until four or five years yeah based on your abilities and stuff like that then who would you feel then would be the more superior grappler do you see what i mean because you've now got someone who hasn't got their purple belt for five or six years yeah yeah and then their brown belt's gonna be even longer again yeah yeah right based on the typical traditional system of like oh you're gonna get a stripe after six months but it's thing. not
1: it's not just matte ability though like and that's mm. and that's where i think people get stuck on it it's not mat ability like end of the day are, are you a role model you know are you a good person if if okay. you're if you're yeah. in, if you're in there training in the morning right and a kids class come in are, are you in there playing, you know, the most sweary hip hop song with your top off, grunting away with a fifty kilo kettlebell, it. giving it a big one? You know, a bit, there's a time and a place for that, you know. Yeah. But and I think that there's there's more goes into it than than just, you know, can you feel someone inspiring. I know people who, you know, all they've got is a crossface, mm. right, mount, and then some form of horrific submission. But like we're talking basics, we're talking Kimura Americana wrist lock. Sure. right? Fair one, fine if that person also isn't a good person and isn't a good advert for the gym, you know, is that someone you want to give a black belt to? Look at what Marcelo Garcia did with Dylan Dennis. Mm. You know, the guy got his black belt because he was mega and this is what people forget about Dylan Dennis, his jiu-jitsu is he wasn't possibly still, it's mega, right? He then got, he then started hanging around with Conor McGregor, behaved like an absolute nuls so he got kicked out of the gym because he wasn't, wasn't fulfilling, wasn't fulfilling. You know, you, you as soon as you give someone a belt, they're, they're waving your flag, you know? Yeah. And for me, that's always been when I visited other gyms, I've been like, I can't walk in and look like an idiot. And there's mm. been gyms I've gone to where like, I've gone in and I've had a hard round, which is amazing, but I'm not going to go in and like, even if, if I go into a gym as a brain belt and the teacher's a blue belt, regardless of my faults on whether or not blue belt should be running gyms, I'm not going to go in there and batter him yeah. because that's not me showing the, the correct ethos and the correct, like the ethics and the respect to him on his own mat. So I think probably to summarise, it's the crossover between money
0: and just trying to expand and build yeah. a business compared to the ethics behind it. I think
1: entitlement's well. got a lot to do with it. Like like and, and I think the issue you've got now is there are some gyms that will promote um, quickly and or, or and or without having to fight hard for it. Mm. Like there's a gym I can name now which I won't, which I know they promote very willy nilly. Um, and it's done on a combination of attendance and just generally rocking up to training. Mm. It's not hard training, they're not getting thrashed, you know? I and I think, I think- I think it's taking pride. I think that's it. Yeah, like exactly me, exactly, that.
2: The way
0: that I work, right, is that I take massive pride in the results of what our clients get, yeah. right? To the point that I like to, my whole ethos is that, especially with the body transformations, right, is that they then become a walking marketing campaign
1: Precisely. for me. Precisely. Right? And, I, and I have exactly the same thing when I teach, because um, I, I work with um, Army Reserve recruits in Exeter, right? Yep. If I've got Army Reserve recruits there, okay, and they go to their regiment after passing out, and someone's like, oh, it was your training screw. Oh, it was Crocs from the uh, from dog, from dog unit. All oh, right, okay, well, you're rubbish. And then I get a text going, mate, what have you sent us? Mm. You know, it's about that pride, isn't it? It's what, it's what yeah. you have out there. There's no way that I would want to go to a gym as a, as a Pedro Bessa black belt, black belt, brain belt rather, training with Rich, mm. who's a Pedro Bessa black belt, and people going, oh, do you know what? That brain belt was coming, he was awful because mm. it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's, that's then almost me disrespecting my lineage through Pedro and my lineage through Rich now mm. so and I, and I think and, and that's probably due to my background as well lineage and hierarchy yeah, is quite important yeah. to me and I think in 2023 people don't like that and people don't like being told actually do you know what you're wrong mm. like your opinion actually doesn't matter here because you've been training nine months you're a blue belt do you think people should be in the position to turn down the promotion no because I think that's disrespectful as well I think, I think at the end of the day even I, if it's from a club, which I, you I, I would have, have turned, I, I would have turned down every promotion that I would have had. Okay. So when, so when I got my brain belt, you know when I got my brain belt? Yes. Yeah. So when I got my brain belt, right, it was my birthday, right? Oh, yeah, it Yeah, it's my birthday two years ago. So Pedro screwed with me. So promoted all the brain belts, then started promoting. Sorry, promoted all the purple belts, then started promoting blue belts. And um, do you know Ollie Johnston? Ollie Johnston looked at me and went, "How oh, have I picked up purple and you haven't picked up brown?" I was like, "Mate, doesn't matter." It's like, I'm not gonna get emotional over it. It's like I'm probably gonna have a word with, with Rich and Peds and find, find out, out find, find it out it, where, it, where yeah. the where gaps are, I'm probably gonna have a chat. I said, but I'm not gonna get emotional over it. And then he waited till everyone was done and went, Oh man, I've got one more and then I got thrown by every black belt in the club. It was horrific. <laughs> absolutely, absolute, absolutely, absolutely horrific. Like, it
2: goes back to what you're saying. Like jujitsu isn't a magic pill and it really isn't for everyone. It's hard. Um, and like talking about humility, like I started to introduce you because, just like everyone else, oh, did you see, that looks easy. I could do wrestling on the floor. And then I went to Merton Road, and I sat there for about 20 minutes before, um, like, chatting to Pedro and kind of saying, you know, I want to start and stuff like that. Before I did a lesson, so I went in, watched, see what it was about, and I was like, I've done judo as a kid, I've done karate, not to any fucking belt level. I hated karate because of the kata system. Yeah. I was like, how can I... It's not if, like, and this is dumb because people say jiu jitsu doesn't work in the streets, which I don't think is true because I've had instances where it has. Like, how can I protect myself from karate? Because if this person is in a specific stance, or a specific thing, I don't know what the fuck to do. Mm. So then I started looking at judo and, well, judo is way more fucking dynamic. I can fucking like, throw people, I can jump on people, it's great. And then I found jiu jitsu and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking something else. Yeah, I look at I the time bit. It started, I was massively depressed, massively overweight, and I went, I want to fucking do this. This is starting to scratch the itch because it was really fucking interesting. Yeah, and you like it because it's hard. Exactly. And, and, like,
1: and like, I remember going in, I was just getting nuked yeah. by like seventy-five kilo Scarecrow. Exactly I'm like, that. I'm like, what the hell is this yeah. all about? You know.
2: And like you said earlier, like the, I think the biggest opening wake up to me is I've been going for uh, I did the Tuesday, the Thursday, and the Friday sessions every single week for three months, and I thought, fucking hell, I'm finally getting it. And then, obviously, one of our mates, Cranny, was like, oh, mate, you should come to open mat. And I didn't know at the time, as per the gym rules, is if you don't get invited by... A well, yeah,
1: exactly. Gym, That's what it, it used to kind. be like. Yeah. But now you get people just, like, rocking up to Nogi going, yeah, yeah right. I'm going to do Nogi. It's like, yeah. mate, you've done two classes. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't know want to do the gee do I? Yeah. You know, That's it's like, like, a, like... I thought we were uh, talking uh, about me, yeah. You, Wait,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know? You shush. You sit in the corner. But, it's, but, it, but
1: it, like, I completely me, get that, mate.
2: My open mat was... Rod stopped me, and I think Rod at the time was a... Probably, probably a brown belt. belt at the time. Yeah. I remember, yes. He was probably brown belt. He went, whoa, whoa, whoa. We uh, who said you can come in? I went, oh, sorry. I didn't realise. I just thought I'd come down. He's like, okay, no worries. He said, um, you roll with me. and
1: Rob being Rod, really welcoming, was he? Oh,
2: he was <laughs> yeah, and that you know, rings Rod back. Rod basically showed me what it feels like to have a brown belt, put you a knee on belly and switch. For about, yeah. Take his knee off side, the oven. Yeah, he did the same thing to me and I was for a white belt. 10 minutes. And afterwards he was like, Cool, end of the round. I had to go outside. I was I was really fucking upset. I was almost in tears, like literally crying outside the door going, This is fucking impossible. How the fuck can I expect to get better at But this?
1: if you if you did that now in some gyms, it'd be it'd be Oh that's bullying, that's out of order, that's that, that's no, that and like no, and, and, and like and like for... and, and this is what I mean. And, and, like, and like like for me personally, as someone who is who is gobby, who's who's a big lad, who likes out chat, mm. I I need that. I need that accountability yeah. and that honesty yeah, man, and I think that actually if, I think if you go to jiu-jitsu and you're not coming out of there mentally and physically hammered, right, <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong club. My, my, my wife can't get it. I'll sit in the car after I come back home from training <laughs> and I'll be there yeah 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 Going the, through my head. the, the, the yeah. amount of times that i've driven home without the radio on yeah you, yeah <laughs> just uh, and
0: you're rerunning everything but through your like head that,
1: you know and it's just you think people must just see you at the lights and be like, oh is that bloke all right like, <laughs> yeah i've just you know i like I, I, I just think that some people are just again just mugging themselves off where they they attend training or they go to a club where that there isn't that that edge that element of like harshness and you shouldn't train like that every day. It's not. It's not tenable. You, you can't know, train I'm like that every big day.
0: Big advocate for that. It's hard. Sparring you know exactly. But I think, I think. But I
1: think if you if you don't hard spar and you you at least don't have that option. Yeah. Then then actually you're not going to learn what it's like. And if but and do if you, you know
0: what, I'd even put it on the onus of the individual, right? If you're preparing yourself for a competition, right? And your club does not have a hard sparring environment. Take the opportunity to find an open man yeah, somewhere 100%. and go and get that. And obviously, don't get me wrong, yeah. don't be rude and just turn up and try and smash everyone. Maybe you
1: can put social media, you can do two phone calls, you'd get any yeah. gym in the country. Exactly. You know, and I just I, uh,
0: Turn up, pr- do some hard sparring, and hey, I've got it there type of thing. Yeah, like,
1: I just think that you've got, you know, you need to, like I said, own some individual to go out there. But if, you, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know, if I don't get a bit of tape on my belt, or if I get if I get shouted out of training, or if I get told off that I'm going to go and, you know, get my ass in my hands and have a whinge bay it and complain possibly you're in the wrong martial art. Yeah. Yeah. Just possibly. And I think that that hard edge, which is what people don't like, me personally, keeps me honest. I love it. I go in there. Yeah. It's the one environment where, you know, I'm not higher up in the hierarchy, you know, because it's school, it's my classroom. When I'm doing teaching stuff with the army, it's my lesson, you know. Jiu-Jitsu, I'm a student. I'm there to, I'm there to be told what to do.
2: I think for me, if I didn't do, have that open mat experience with Rod, I wouldn't still sort of do Jiu-Jitsu. Because I had to literally sit down myself and go... If I walk out now, I'm embarrassing
1: myself. Yeah, I did the same when Tom tried on me seen, in. You've sort of seen the mountain. You've seen where yeah. the level is, aren't you? And you're sort of like, right, I yeah. want to get there. Sorry, yeah. Jay, what were you going to say? I think,
0: do you know what? Just speaking to you, and again, sorry to kind of do a little bit of like, work in my head when talking to you. Yeah, yeah. How are you going to feel when you get to Black Belt, mate? Um, because you're then potentially at
1: the top. You're not teaching and you're not, well, I don't know about competing and stuff. But I think... I think... Host- I, I think. I'll still have the same mentality. Yeah. Some, you know, Gary said to me the other day about it, he said, oh, have you thought about like, Black Belt? And I was like, no. Because there's, there's other, if I get a Black Belt at the same time or before Mark Hibbard, the whole system's a joke. That, yeah. that, that, that's my that's my personal interpretation of it, okay. right, I have, like, again, because I've seen the top of the mountain, and I've seen people like Josh, one of Euros, right, if I get a black belt before Josh, that's ridiculous, mm. you know, and I know you grade people in different ways, and, you know, being 36 with two kids means I'm going to get graded differently than someone who's 24 and trains full-time, yeah. 100% get that, but yeah. I also want there to be some credibility in it, mm. you know, and there, there, there is no credibility, if if me and Mark, you know, got graded at the same time, People would know I've been graded on a lower set, of, or as I perceive it, a lower set of criteria. Okay, and and I've never done jiu-jitsu for the belts. Like I said, that time when Ped screwed me and was like promoting everyone else, you know, I was like, ah, so, I, looked, I looked, I looked, at Ollie and I just went, yeah, it's all right, is what it is. So with that
0: comparison, then do you feel like you need to compete as much as Mark then? Because as you mentioned, you're not into the teaching aspect of it.
1: No, I don't, and I don't, and I, the problem I have with competing is that it's finding opponents. The problem that I've got is that my opponents are either I can go to the army comp. And I can compete with a guy called Dan Kaneke, who's, I assume we've got his name right, who's a, uh, it's fought at Bellator. He's, he's George a, I think he's a, he's a unit. Uh, yeah, I think he's a corporal in, I can't remember what regiment. Um, you've got Josh, who's, he's currently in a full-time army pit. So all he does is jujitsu. That's his job. That's... Right. So he's full-time. So he's basically supported by the British army to do jujitsu. You know, yep. those are the two sort of he- ultra heavyweight brain melts that I would end up fighting at an army comp. Okay. Which, which is European championship level. Not going to mow myself off. I'm not on that level. 36 with two kids and a full-time job and a part-time job technically, and jiu-jitsu on the side. All right. right. So I cannot compete at that level. What have I got to gain from going and competing at local tournament? I looked at the Somerset Open yesterday. No one in my category. So I do occasionally look in, but there's never anyone in my category. Mm. So again, I'm in that sort of place between the fact that I know I can compete with other hobbyists, yep. but I'm nowhere near the elite level. So what point do you think, let's say, even
0: five years, ten years down the line, yeah. right, and you're still brown belt, right? do you think that'll be enough time served for that black belt then? What, what, what's the time frame in your mind for it to be acceptable?
1: I haven't got a time frame, I don't think there is a time frame on it. No. I, think, I think that with the situation you've just described, if I was still a brown belt in ten years, I would hope by that stage that my personality was mature enough, and that I knew enough that I could teach to Black Belt Standard even if I couldn't compete to Black Belt Standard. Okay. And nice I think stuff. this is where there needs to be a discussion in the community about, do we start having pro leagues? Do you know what? That's do you know? That's When? when, when, that when you... that's happened recently. Yeah, right? and, and I, think, I think that when you go to a tournament, do you have, right, if you are full-time, and this would be the onus on people not to be sandbaggers and not to be dicks about it, quite frankly. Yep. You know, if you are a full-time, like Carson's full-time purple, mm-hmm. there almost needs to just chop the divisions in half Yep. and just go, do you know what? If you've ever competed, you know, professional MMA. This is what happened with Mark recently with the, Brit- with the British. Yeah. yeah. That was a pro,
0: because yeah. we struggled to find it, right? We yeah. were going through every single smooth comp trying to find out whether it was. Yeah. Oh, and it
1: was a comp- it was quali- qualifier, wasn't it, for the pro for the pro tournament? No,
2: no, no. We, yeah, his actual match, we couldn't find his match. It's shame. We knew he was matched up. We were like...
1: Where is it? Where is like, it?
2: Where is it? We yeah. couldn't see it. it. Not even on the smooth, because obviously we couldn't watch it live. Well, we did manage to watch it because we managed to fight someone who was on, on Instagram. Oh, he was actually but, competing um, as well. He yeah, <laughs> we competing as well, but there was no competition for it. On SmoothCon, we were like, shit. And then it was like underneath a couple as pro. And we were like, there we yeah. go. Click on that, Mark Shane. We were like, oh shit, here we go. And we're sat there watching, waiting, looking at the little arrows <laughs> going around, going, come oh, on, Mark, fucking, God, you got to do something. Like, he's then, two minutes in, it's and okay, it okay, he's really going. Play, and I looked at Joe and went, you don't know Snoop Cop very well, do you? He's like, No, that means it's done.
1: He was like, oh no. And then it's all He did alright for he did, all, did all right for a bit, didn't he? Because yeah. I tried guillotining him the yeah. session after and he's like, I ain't tapping to guillotines yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, so I, I think I know what you're saying and I know that like I, I personally don't have a problem with it. And it's the same with like, you know, medals I've got from the military, right? Mm. I've got five other things, and there's only one of them that means anything to me, and that was my Afghan medal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The others have literally just been for turning up. Times oh, you know. North Somerset Pro Gold is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but
2: default bronze? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but this is this is Great. what this is what I mean. And so I, I just think that I, I don't believe it's for everyone, and yeah. I don't, and I think that it it can be for everyone, mm. but mm. I think if you change the product to accommodate everyone, you're diluting it, yeah. and then you're not yeah. doing people any favors. I
2: think having a pro division would be a really good idea. Yeah. Because, and also I think then it stops things like like you said if you go visit another gym and well like be like Trey Jones's B team if you come to B team you better be fucking good and yeah don't come and try and because if you injure it like, but can you, you can know.
1: you imagine me doing that in rugby can you imagine oh you yeah. got you got this weekend oh we've entered a tournament we got Saracens in the first round yeah like you don't like you know, like, you, know you don't but also you know you'd
2: have the knowledge of like John Jones yes but and yeah, the, like... the reason shit like well that doesn't happen is because you know say fucking I don't know pulling in my hat say you get um Gary Tonin as your first match or whatever imagine if you injure him by being spazzy or something that you, mm. you don't normally do he, and he's fucked for the rest of that competition just because you went at someone who has never competed at that level before that's your first like pro competition elite level so just, I think it just fucks it all yeah.
0: I think it suggests think to me that thing. you need to make something out of the IBJJF Rankings. yeah i
1: just think that
0: i think that you within you need to have like an ad not to say it has to be adcc only but you need rankings outside of that as a like yeah i think
1: i, d- I just think that the the community needs to have a little bit of a look at it itself in some places it's, it's new it's still growing yeah and i, that, and I think you know, that again it's is, room's it has and this is the purpose of this is that
0: again the whole point of what we're, we're I know obviously it's not been too much nutrition recently when we, what we've been talking about but the idea being is I don't want people to be making the same mistakes that other sports have done. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you can't, like you said earlier on, you can't just lift, up and, you know, do this bodybuilding routine. Okay, brilliant. You might get massive. Yeah. But you're gonna last a grand total of thirty five seconds. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, the, you know, the other thing that's weird with jiu-jitsu is we don't have seasons. We're just train flat out all year round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's, again, there isn't many
2: sports that do that. Like, no. I'd argue boxing probably is similar because boxing. Yeah, but you don't. though,
1: you, know. you don't. know Because do yeah. no. so with boxing, if you fight three times a year or twice a year, yeah, that's you are you. you, 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 have you, you, you yeah. What you do? Twelve week training camp yeah you have your fight and yeah, then you have true. a few weeks off so you over. do you do but with, with yeah. jiu-jitsu some people do train five six nights a week and then yeah. and this and is we'll where you play and compete every week yeah and weekend. this is where you get people turning up on the mat and they look like zombies and they're just like what are you getting from this go and go to bed mm. you know what i mean like go go, go, out, go out go and have go and have lunch mm. go and do something different just go and have some food <laughs> always <laughs> like go have yeah, lunch but it's true i see i see people i see people who literally will you know they they almost compromise their their work to get to jiu-jitsu, mm. train five, six nights a week. They you have nothing, they have nothing outside the sport. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, what have you done? You've won nothing, you've done nothing. You're then marketing yourself doing privates. You're then marketing yourself doing, you know, oh yeah, come, come to like this class that I'm now teaching. So you've taken on teaching as well. I think you take all this you know stuff what, on as a hobbyist
0: you, to go deep if i'm honest with this that i think what they're doing is embodying something that they want to be
1: precisely yeah, and they're, yeah. They're,
0: there's something behind the scenes that they don't feel like they've found themselves yet basically
1: I, do you know, I love being a hobbyist i hate to do this professionally i would hate to feel like you know the activity that i you know really really enjoy all of a sudden becomes work mm. and it's a chore and it's like and again it's that it's that entitlement it's like oh yeah, well, I'm so-and-so belt now and I've like, done this local comp, so I'm going to set this up and people should want to come to me. Yeah. This is the problem I'm having at the yeah. moment with like my little girl because um, my little girl's coming up to four so I want to start training. Yeah. I, I'm not paying someone that I can fill in to teach my daughter jujitsu. So, so straight away, like, like in terms of the options that I've got, uh, you that's know... That's like boyfriend, first meeting the boyfriend. But do you, like, do you, not, do you, not, do you know what role? I mean, though? No. Like, I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to take my Litland to, like, a club that's got a blue belt as a coach and go, there you go, mate, teach my daughter, when I know that I could, like, washing machine you up and down the mat.
2: Like, I've taken my now six-year-old to oh, Tom's class yeah. on a Saturday.
1: I'll probably end up taking her to Tom's, to be fair. He,
2: at first, like, that's his first ever introduction to it, apart from me messing around on the floor and stuff, and he cried. He was just like... I don't want to do this, it's
1: ridiculous. Overwhelming, yeah. Moy Litlam was the same at gymnastics.
2: The turning point was talking came over to and went, You're doing really good, mate. Like, this is great. And he went, I'm doing really cool. He's got a black bat. I know. <laughs> I, I was just I I, I, like, so, like, I was like, How do you think I fucking feel when they teach me a technique? He goes, Yeah, you know, yeah, Batty, you're doing I'm like,
1: I love it when real. I love it when real people say that to you and like, yeah. oh, like oh you know, oh you're a black belt. No mate, I'm a, I'm a. Or like when I was like a blue belt. No, I'm a blue belt. Oh right. It's like hang on. I could, I could literally rinse you, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Give me the yeah,
2: I, I think yeah, kids. Oh man, it's, it's difficult with it because I I think I'm gonna get shot down by you and everyone else in the room now. I think I'm competent enough to probably teach my little boy to shrimp and.
1: And yeah, like yeah, like yeah, up, yeah, or, yeah, like uh, basics. But but it's the thing is, if you you know, but straight away you've gone shrimp and maybe do an armbar. Yeah, so so you know what you know. Yeah. My my issue with the lack of humility in the community comes from people trying to set themselves up mm. as who are a, a leg lock
0: leg lock yeah. specialist yeah, yeah, as, and can you you know, do a you know, footlock. yeah
1: exactly it's like oh you know oh yeah I'm, I'm a leg locker I'm a nogi leg locker it's like oh you mate because it sounds like you've tried other things and you were crap at them so rather than developing yourself yeah. you've decided to go you know I, I was saying the other night again doing Baron Bolo Jaws I didn't want to do Baron Bolo right Rich was like come on mate just give it a go come on we'll work through it and I got through it and I did it but I'm not going to hit that in comp I'm not going to hit that in the gym you know exactly I'm waiting you know, for
0: it to be on to, I'm, I'm to be on Secret Scratch Strangle Club that, on submission of the week that'd be, <laughs> that, 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 be it mate yeah
1: just like some like that, yeah. do you know what you'll be like I don't need my black belt I've completed it some, yeah, <laughs> yeah just some like some massive orangutan just like rolling around somebody but yeah I just uh, you know I just it's, it's a drum I keep banging I just think there's not there's not enough of that, and there's people either and it's and it's sort of the Amazon Prime culture in it. Oh, I, click, I click yes and I want it now, yes. and I think people don't want to put hard yards in it. No. people people want to be part of the community I, but don't want to put the work just, in. I, Amazon Prime culture.
2: That's fucking yeah. But that's yeah,
0: I think I've said to many people that I see things as like ten year projects quite yeah, regularly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if people agree with that, I'm like cool. I know regardless of whatever your views are, we're in the same fucking boat. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. like to the point which again. I I I probably get hate for this, obviously, for whatever, I remember, but I remember watching KSI in his bedroom, screaming Emeril Heskey and playing FIFA, right? And that was the days of, like, over 10 years ago of him doing yeah, that. Yeah. He grafted with it to the point where he was earning more money than his teacher per month. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And then it's carried on to where he is now, yeah. right? And obviously people see him now, obviously, prime all that type
1: of jazz, all that type of stuff, and they're like, oh, he's an overnight sensation. I'm like, no. Right? No, he's been, there's he a lot of work going right on now. I see this a lot with, um. so when I first started teaching, all the kids want to be footballers. And I was like, and I remember having to have a few tough conversations with some kids who were like, fifteen years old. It's like, who did you play football for? oh you know, the local, old whatever, fourth team. I'm like, you know, might want to think about cracking on with studies, mate, because yeah. it might not happen. You know, and the fact I've seen you play football in your diary. Um, <laughs> but it's all, but it's all, it's all gone now towards like, I want to be a YouTuber, and it's like, and, I, and I've said to a few kids, I'm like, why well, do you want to be a YouTuber? Oh yeah, because you just talk on a video, it looks easy. I'm like, for, <laughs> like, like I imagine editing this nonsense thing is going to take a while. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like it, does, it, does, it
1: does take a while well, <laughs> it does, But, it does, <laughs> it, but it, does, it does take a while It doesn't it yeah, And it's yeah. like you know, Kids think Oh yeah I'll just talk In the microphone for half an hour It's like yeah. Well number one You're boring mm. So people aren't going to Want to listen to you For half an hour and Same uh,
0: thing with like Twitch and that type of stuff right? No offence I, like, I know you've done it And everything But you've got to be Entertaining to some degree <laughs> exactly. Or bring something to the table And people Mate, buy from I people have, you know, That's I the... have a
2: Twitch affiliate I still get paid by Twitch Oh do you? I do yeah I still get <laughs> a monthly uh, payment Oh well, what monthly. 20 pay? Yeah. No I got 40 quid last month Jesus. Yeah. That's yeah, fair yeah. enough, isn't it?
1: Like, I've got, Yeah, I've got a friend who, I can't remember the name of the um, the game now, but she's she's like an online, um, she quit being a law student. So this is someone I serve with in the reserve. She's a reserve dog handler, same as me. Um, she was a law student. She quit doing law because her voice, she's got quite a posh, you know, English voice. Um, and she plays this game that's massive in Canada and America. I can't remember the name of it. It's called like Smash Mega something. I can't remember the name of it. Um okay. But she's she's massive in that to the point where they fly her out right to the States, they host her at conventions, and but but same thing, she's put years into that. Yeah. Like going out on on Twitch and is it Discord the other one and that yeah, yeah. again addictive personality I don't touch things like that because I will be three o'clock yeah. in the morning bottle I've of whiskey in my, my pants.
0: I've got these little South Park images like literally like, mate literally, oh like, literally like, yeah. mate like
1: that 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 would be me mate three o'clock in the morning yeah. bo- bottle of whiskey in my pants like headset on you know probably ca- sat, you know ca- sat on like a porter potty like. yeah exactly just, <laughs> just sat there ca- you know, you know camouflage cream on like that just like just like give it give American full, full yeah full, full body armor like just like you know boy deep in the rabbit you don't it. know you, you don't know me you son don't, yeah. you don't yeah. know me son trying to, trying to like dox people to fill him in afterwards like, you, know. <laughs> you, you think that's a call out like you know, and you can see how my mind's connected all that then and I'm like yeah I don't, I don't need that in my life yeah, yeah. Um, well, a cool we're, back in. we're back in right questions questions
2: cool. questions oh man
1: we got a list just been rinsed by everyone like
2: fucking hell I've got four fucking pictures of fucking questions um, I'll try not to duplicate any of them go on then so first one have you
1: ever done the Nuki Open? Yeah, Nuki Open. That was the that was the staple. That was the staple. i have literally. I've got more like my medal rack in my garage, or my treadmill, and that, and it's just like Nuki medals. Um, but yeah, have you, good. Spelled, have you spelled the word New Key out, with that's maybe. pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. I tell you what, good story from the Nuki Open. You know, Luke Taylor. Yeah. So anyway, so me. Me, me and Tom Shauder enter the Nuki Open, right? Driving down there. We said to Luke, right, mate, we'll pick you up in the morning. Obviously, to get down there for like eight o'clock start or whatever. Yeah. We left at like six or whatever, right? Yeah. So obviously, with, with Luke, we were like, oh, our five meet, mate, put in a half hour coefficient because yeah. you know what he's like, right? Yeah, yeah. So he gets in the car and he's like, ah, sleep on the back seat <laughs> so of course i'm now like beeping the horn on the way down like like being an idiot like pulling off the motorway and driving through caravan parks beeping the horn, and that waking <laughs> b- waking people up at like half six and just being a proper nuls right anyway, yeah so for two weeks before the comp we've been winding luke taylor up right so he was in the same category as um you know wayne samway's no i don't wayne really samway's know. big big welsh black belt night like brown belt at the time lovely bloke big guy with a beard lovely guy right yeah so um we were we were winding him up for two weeks before going, mate, he has been slagging you off. <laughs> he's like he's like, oh, man, he's okay. like oh, you, oh, you pair of bloody ass, you're winding me up all the time and all the rest of it. And like, no mate, he's been winding you right up because Luke likes the subway, right? Yeah. So we were like we were like, mate, he's been calling you the mega melt, he's been saying that you're <laughs> like He's been, he's been he's been saying that you're like you know you're a melt and that you know and that you know he's he's the he, you know you're the you're the gate you're the gatekeeper of the black belt division and that all someone's got to do is fill you in to get a black belt and all we this and we were literally like just niggling at him for two weeks before and he was like oh, I know you're winding me up and then for some reason Jace McCauley right yeah. just joined in <laughs> like like Jace McCauley went yeah I heard that as well. Luke. Right, and like, so then Luke's like all the way down. And he's like, oh, good, wait, should I see this, bloke Wait, should I see this, bro? And of course, me and Tom are now like stirring the pot, going, yeah, mate, yeah. Well, I bet you'll bottle it when we get there and all this, right? In my little old Fiat Punto, like proper in between us you know, like driving, driving yeah, yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we got there. What's he done? Walked straight up to Wayne, Annie, straight up to him, jabbed him in the chest. Well, this I hear that I'm a gatekeeper to so the black belt division. You start like swearing at him and all that. And Wayne's like, I don't even know who you are, mate. And he's going, Yeah, we'll we'll see you the mega melties in a minute when we get you on the mat and that. And just Wayne's just looked over Luke's shoulder. Me and Showland ended up giving oxygen. We were laughing so much. But yeah, he like absolute bit hook line and sinker. When he sees this, he'll be he'll probably call me a slag. That's his normal thing. But yeah, that was that's a favourite. Did one Luke it Um I can't remember actually. I think they went one all, one gi, one no gi. Uh, but, but yeah, sure. it was like it was like two two orangutans hanging off each other, like you know, but it was it was that was a funny one we poking the bear on the way out oh like, no, yeah. but for two weeks beforehand like every time we saw him two weeks
0: beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I know one question I was going to quickly ask. Apparently, you've come on here to look like
1: a fighter. Is that the case? Is that from Toby? Yeah. Oh, literally, thickest man in NATO, isn't he? He is, <laughs> he is stupid. I've never met anyone like it in my entire life. So, Joe, so, sure, I'll just uh, stitch him right up. So, so to, Toby fought, right, because Harry, Harry Brain told him that he wasn't allowed to enter the Bristol Open unless he owned at least seven geese. <laughs> Right, that right. you had that you had to prove that you had a certain amount of geese because that meant that you were training enough to get in there. And he literally said, "Harry's like, oh, I was going to do my entry to the Bristol, but I have I got to buy another gee before I do it?" So yeah, so any banter from Toby will just shelve that because he is he is bringing a knife to a gunfight there. <laughs> I did warn him I said look I'll ask that question but
0: as long as you can deal with the aftermath well it's like that. you
1: saw what I texted him last night you know he's putting his photos all over Instagram with his like you know his, his, his eight pack washboard abs and that and I texted him last night I was like mate you get regularly filled in by a fat history teacher with two kids <laughs> I was like how does that feel and he just replied with quite annoying
0: I love it. <laughs> Toby is dead I'll give him kudos he's turned himself around oh absolutely. yeah he's yeah. gotcha. obviously put the shift in and looking great from it he but, can yeah. take the chat though which it's is all good. good
2: it's all good right Something's tired. Just, I have to like read for some of the questions. And I'm like Fuck's sake. We'll go for this one. Just because we're on the subject of New York Open, is it true that you once folded a man literally in half? New <laughs> York Open, absolute.
1: Yeah, so absolute match, and obviously like you know when, when it's like it's like one of those like. um those like chippy ITV programs, it like when animals attack and that. And it's, like, <laughs> it's like when absolutes go wrong, right? So I've entered the absolute, and again this was like one hundred and seventeen kilo me, right? So um, <laughs> so this I ended up drawing some guy, and he must have been like sixty kilos, like 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 tiny, tiny, skinny bloke, right? And I was like, oh, you know, I'd see what happens. I thought not, I could pull guard. I'm trying to think a game plan anyway. So slapped hands, and he shot this double leg on me, right? And I and I have sprawled and it, and. It, you know you can imagine. Imagine like a hippo doing the worm, right? So, so, so as I've sprawled on him, okay, his his head has touched his toes. He's literally folded in half, right? And all I heard, I think Jamie Hughes was there as well, actually. And all I heard, the room just went silent. I just did, like ooh from the side. And like I think I ended up just like flipping him over an American in, but it was a bit like you ever seen like blood sport with Jean-Claude Van Damme when yeah, a bloke, yeah, yeah. bloke just walks off and there's like this like body on the <laughs> mat, like so yeah, that was that was bad, like that's what it yeah, that was it was pretty brutal. Like it wasn't great. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: this is brilliant. Um fuck's sake. We've also been asked uh, how did your first ever competition go?
1: What's that? Oh no, is that from Shola? Yeah, that was the GFT comp in London. i have been training for three months. So all I, all I knew was an Americana and an Ezekiel. That's that that literally it. Americana Ezekiel, that was it. So first match, a um, guy called Greg, I can't pronounce his surname, play, trains with um, uh, Jack McGee at Madhouse. Um, he tried to sort a Gary in me and I ended up just reversing it and nearly smashed him through the mat. And then because I knew nothing else, he filled me in afterwards. (laughs) Like, I I got this amazing throw and I was like, oh, amazing. And then just got filled. Um, And then in the absolute, because obviously from that, um, I think I won my first, no, that was my second match. I won my first match. Um, So I got a silver medal, I think. Not Not a default. And then ended up going in the absolute. And because this, this guy pulled guard, right, and I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. He was, he was a bit smaller than me. I think he was, like, maybe a heavyweight, maybe a middleweight. Um, so I just ezekiel him inside his own guard, just choked him out, put him to sleep inside his own guard. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, literally, like, he stood up, dropped the body sort of thing, you know. Oh, um, but, yeah, first, first comp was interesting with that. And then there was also an incident where, uh, I won't name him, but another Pedro Bessa person who I didn't know at the time was stood at the side just shouting random coaching advice. <laughs> It was just like, oh, bow and arrow. To me, bow and arrow was something Robin Hood used. But like, I didn't have it. Like, literally, Ezekiel, Americana, that was it, right? And uh, I remember shouting bow and arrow to the point where Shaoler lost his head and told this individual to, to go away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, like, it was brilliant. People getting choked out, arguments at the side of the mat, people no idea what they're doing. Sounds it was like yeah, it. Off. Off. like, yeah, fantastic day of jujitsu. Like, yeah, like the Wild West. Um,
2: this will be the last one. Well, no, there's another two, actually. And there's several photos that he sent us as well. <laughs> Does he, like, Strawberry Muller
1: yogurts. Oh, yeah, I have got a thing about strawberry Muller yogurts. I wasn't allowed them as a kid. It was like it was like you know growing up with like zero money and like proper poverty and um Muller, Muller strawberry corn in a street fruit corners. Yeah. That was like out of the price range. Are we talking about like the pot? T- That's the one. Yeah, oh, wow. out of the price range. So now, if I see one, I'm on it. I'm like, uh, proper like you know childhood trauma coming through. You know. So uh, yeah. So hold on. Away again, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, just, yeah. Strawberry Muller Corner. I love get, it. Be, I see on the side of the map, like, oh, Crocker's getting in the
0: zone. Like, what's he doing? Everyone's got their headphones. Everyone's like, shadow just looking boxing. Looking at Strawberry Muller Corner. And he's just like, there, like... <laughs> just looking
1: at it. Just looking at it, literally. That's fucking me
2: with the arm on the wheel and there's a strawberry yogurt the road. Just like... Yeah, literally. Should you ask... Just 'cause we spoke about this earlier, should you ask other people for financial help to support
1: your BJJ? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, again I Tom pretty much I know he shouted me out on the one before, didn't he? Yeah. Because I literally will see stuff, I'll send it to him and I'll be like, look at this. <laughs> I'll be like, look at like this is just ruined my day. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna go in the garden now and throw rocks at the shed. Like that, that's just <laughs> like, like that's just that's just absolutely ruined my day. I just like I think if you want something, go out and get it, right? Yeah. So don't get me wrong. If someone said to me, oh mate, um I want to go and do the worlds I'm trying to raise money, I'm working, but I want some extra cash. I'd be like, same, come around, cut the edge, wash the car. Yeah. You know, do, do something for me, Yeah. you know, happy days. Or like when you see people who will be invited into a gym to teach a private, or to teach a uh, seminar. Yeah. You know, so-and-so's going to do a seminar because they're going to the world so, and, and, and you want to help that person out. To me, that's someone working for it, yeah. right? All about that, absolutely massive on it. When you've got like some absolute lizard that's not won anything, not done anything, and they're going, oh, um, this is my dream here's my GoFundMe page. It's like, well, hang on, it's, it's my dream to go to Vegas and bang a load of money out on crap yeah. tables and, and give it a big one around right Caesar's Palace. Like, you're going to give me five grand for that? Like, if, if you want something, go and work for it. And again, yeah, it's that entitlement. True. Again, it's not, and, and I know a few years ago there was a, a lot of people putting these GoFundMes out on the underground and it was like, oh, so-and-so's got a GoFundMe and it was almost like there was an obligation of of people to chip into yeah, it. It's yeah. like, hang on a minute. It's I basically same. I basically work two jobs. Yeah.
0: Like it's the same same thing We used to go and work in big, I don't know, I used to work in call centres and
1: obviously they'll always be like,
0: oh we're doing a little uh, grab around for Karen's birthday mm. right now type thing. And I'm like, I don't even know who Karen is. No exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I've
1: I've worked in I've worked in a job before where where two people went off on maternity leave and I didn't like one of them. So I put twice as much in the person I did like. <laughs> So it's like, oh, can you put a five into this? I was like, no, but I'll put tenner into the other one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now I just think I think that there's there's like charity. I I, I donate to charity. I do bits of charity work. I'm, I'm I'm big on that. I think that charity is something that's amazing, and charity should be a hand up, not a handout. Mm. And I think when it becomes a handout, it's like, oh, so and so wants to go and do the world. Well, brilliant. Either his parents need to bankroll it he needs to go and get a job or send them around to clip my eyes and wash my car and I'll give him a tenner. You know, because you you don't learn anything and that's not a good life lesson to learn when you go into adulthood that, oh yeah, I wanted to go and do like The World's in Vegas despite being diabolical so my parents gave me the money for it. It's not, and that's something that I, I sort of struggle with my own kids that I'm trying to bring up my girls that I'm giving them everything I didn't have as a child Mm. but trying not to just, you know, develop two entitled little so-and-sos. You know,
2: Sorry, I, I, to not laugh. Fucking fucking
1: I was expecting that To be fair <laughs> Yeah
2: I, I don't know If you are expecting A couple of these ones uh, This one made me laugh Because it's great uh, How many espressos And angel slices Should a man eat in one go
1: Yeah so Tom Shailer Once gave me Four No what was it I think he gave me a coffee With three extra shots in And then like Three angel slices Like the little ones So like You mean you're the nutritionist mate Sugar and caffeine through the roof Yeah, yeah I, I was a legend at training For the first 20 minutes <laughs> They got put to sleep and sleep. I, got, I got in there. I was like sparring, lad, sparring, sparring, sparring. You know, undiagnosed ADHD as well, plus all that sugar and caffeine. So yeah, I was a hero for twenty minutes, and then I had the worst like yeah, and then I had the worst hour of my life afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, it's not it's not something I'd advise. It's like I once um I remember when I did uh, the Ace Submission Grappling Tournament, and they gave us like a, a sort of goodie bag yeah. know, for everyone. And in there was like a can of Monster. I've never drunk Monster in my life, and I was like, and I was like, I am not drinking Monster before a grappling tournament when I don't normally do it. So the Monday after I was going to do I was, go- was well, I was I was going to do some early morning training and I was like, oh, I might see what this is like, because I normally have a coffee in the morning yeah. and then I'll go and train. So i bang this can of monster and like roof, my mouth's gone numb. I was like, yeah, this done, this don't react well with me at all. <laughs> you know? It's like like me and caffeine, it does funny things. So um, yeah, I, I don't like coffee, but I'll yeah. have
0: my 11s as one can of monster a day and that's it.
1: Well it happened, it happened a few years ago when my when my youngest was born, um <laughs> when my, my sorry, my eldest was born, um I sort of was like, right, I'm going to get to the gym. So I got up at five o'clock in the morning, banged a coffee. I was like, right, I'm going to get down to the gym and do some training. And I've opened my front door and there's a bloke in my doorway, right? In my doorway. Yeah. So I was like, I sort of looked at him and I thought, I've got a newborn and my missus upstairs. Like, only one of us is getting out of this big lad. So I <laughs> threw McCarthy's on the floor and I've gone for him. So I've got him pinned up against the, the fence, ready to like smack him, called him every name under the sun. And it was only then I looked down and saw the pint of milk in his hand and it was my milkman. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, you know, so, like, so, like, this, this poor bloke in like November, you know, freezing cold, wrapped up with like a hood, and like, you know, his scarf on, and that has just been like assaulted by this fully caffeinated orangutan flying, <laughs> flying out of the front door, you know. And uh, it went my missus up And she's like What's going on said, I've just nearly beat The milkman up So she, um, <laughs> she made me put A box of quality street out In the little milkman thing We've got out of the next day So, um, so yeah Big shout out to milk and more so
2: <laughs> <lovely>. <laughs> I, I, I can attest that The first two weeks Your newborn comes home You've never felt sleep no. deprivation like that And you've been In the fucking services Sleep deprivation's Fucking everywhere Those two weeks Worst thing you could have In your life Yeah It's when the I, I, Right I get When I get stressed out my eyes start twitching, and I'm not even joking. Someone could have like mistaken me for having Tourette's. I was like, I, I just couldn't fucking like operate. It's when that
1: baby, it's when that baby's crying, yeah, and you've got to get like a bottle sterilized. It's the longest three minutes of your life. Oh, it's you know, but yeah, right. You will what else? What else is on the list of doom then? Cool.
2: Um, fucking hell. I mean, you've already covered the uh, human fridge freezer evolution from Portugal. Oh yeah, that
1: was bad. That was that was. That was life threatening. (laughs) Um,
2: Some of these are random, and I don't get. But I guarantee you'll go. Oh yeah. Asking which garage does the best cream cheese sandwich.
1: Tesco's salmon and soft cheese. They changed the recipes, I don't eat them anymore. But yeah, that yeah, that used to that used to be my that was my downfall. I, I've not really got like a sweet tooth or anything like that, but I just like nice food. It's all the it's all the stuff like I wasn't allowed as a kid. Do you know what I mean? All, all the stuff that was like, you know, like 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 you know, the I just grew up on like Tesco value food and yeah. you know, pro, wearing Primark right, well, clothes.
0: There's a probably infamous question is it cream first or jam first with scones oh, it doesn't matter, does it all turns into poo at the end of the day, doesn't it? that's
1: so... doesn't matter. That's probably even more. <laughs> I don't get this
2: one. This one just says wristlocks. No question mark, no dots, nothing, just that's just like, so that
1: locks. that's either from who have I upset with wristlocks. Um that's either from Josh Randall or from Rich Austin. Right, okay. Yeah, I know that from say so like, shout out to Josh Randall. Josh Randall is like have you seen um you know Boris the Blade in Snatch? Yes. Whatever you do to Josh Randall, he just keeps getting up again?
2: <laughs> like you just
1: spot you spar with him and he just gets filled and he just gets up. He's like, we go again, you know, like, 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 like li- literally shout to Josh because he's he's quality. He, he did really, well at the British. He, well. he, I'm not he surprised. I'm not well. surprised he did well because he, he, he again he is him Josh Box as well. Do you know Box? Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. him and Box, fair play to him. They turn up. They train hard. Their first one's on the mat. Their last one's off the mat. They're doing extra rounds. They, they, they clean the mats down. They, they don't mind getting an absolute kicking and coming back from more. It's all, all that stuff I've whinged about throughout this podcast about you know being humble and, and, and the humility and um, you know training hard and learning and looking at your own deficiencies. Those two just embody it and I've got a lot of respect for both of them because mm. it's probably not very nice getting reverse scoffed by me for 10 minutes. No you know and like they keep turning up and keep going for it um, but yeah when Randall got his blue belt I wrist locked him to death it was quite funny it's become a bit of a rite of passage I think someone gets a blue belt and I'm like ah, ah like you know the big the big bear waving from the zoo do you, like. do you look over to Rich like can
2: I can I He's Yeah, like, literally. Go on, oh
1: yeah God. but no um yeah yeah, big fan of wrist locks um, it was like yeah it was yeah it was when I got my blue belt it was like open season that was because Rodrigo had like done it to me yeah and I was like, well, all right, time for me to start being the pigeon rather than the statue. Um, but yeah, no, love a wrist lock. I find that they're massively underrated. I think that um, people get really like upset with wrist locks and then go and drill heel hooks. Like, you've got people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a leg lock specialist. And you wrist lock them and they're like, oh, prison rules, is it? And they proper get upset. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you cannot drill a move that puts you out for nine months. <sighs> And then and then get upset about someone wrist-locking you. It but reminds on... me
0: of what was it? Was it Sean Strickland and Orlando Science with uh, Oh, with the... Uh, with the uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I am just like... Uh, but anyway, sorry. I mean,
2: I've, I've been wrist-locked by Crocs and uh, multiple other people... I think you even tried to wrist-lock me and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you tried to <laughs> do it to me and I was like, what are you doing? Right, he was yeah. like, trying to wrist-lock
1: you. And I was like, no, 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 no. I think personally with wrist-locks, I think it it's a good way of like starting to lever the door open. So I find yeah. with wrist locks, if someone's in your full guard, chucking a few wrist, I if you've got people who like to settle into like that combat base and bring the knee up into the middle to separate the guard, chucking a few wrist locks up there makes them want to defend. And if you if you throw wrist locks in with collar grabs, I find it destabilizes the base mm-hmm. and it makes them easier to sweep And If that wrist lock threat is there, they don't want to put their hands in. And, you know, particularly I, I work off of Oma Platters a lot. There's always a wrist lock available there. It's a good option, I find, from the Kimura. If you've got someone uber strong, you can just switch to that wrist lock grip. Um, but yeah, I've, I've chucked a few out at the club, to be fair. <laughs> it's just, I just love how upset people get. I'm going to say I've not been wrist locked by you. Yeah. Have you not? No. That's yeah. have, yeah. yeah. have to come down and roll, mate. you <laughs> like what Rory said earlier, wrist locks today, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I'm there, just
0: there, like tucked in, like, go on what? But, you know, but you know what
1: people do? And then when people do that, their base goes. Yeah. people do start to T-Rex they start yeah. to come in like that because yeah. they worry about it yeah. or, or they'll try and like keep their hands in that and it just ruins their entire There's base really, bonus points by you. yeah you can do you <laughs> can do. Rich does Mark did this morning actually
2: <laughs> so this is like a bit of a, a double well this is someone taking the piss and having the question at the end so yeah do, do as you wish um, how do you get so sweaty within seconds of rolling uh, oh and stripes on belts that'll make him nibble
1: yeah, stripes on belts, not a fan. Um, I don't know, sweat, sweat wise, always been a sweater. Don't know. <laughs> Literally. Don't know. Within five minutes of training, I'm like, ah, same. Right, always the same. There's other people like it as well. Um, I don't know. No idea. It just is what it is. Um, just happens. I like to think it's me working hard all the time, but there's no correlation to it. It's just whenever I start doing fizz. Um, and then that's, well, top teacher tip don't wear a blue shirt.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. Um, but then in terms of like, stripes on belts, not a fan for what I said earlier. I think that. Stripes on belts is very closely linked to attendance. And I think attendance, it's like the old journey to the dark side, isn't it? Fear leads to hate, hate leads to anger. I think like stripes leads to attendance, attendance leads to random belts being given out, random belts being given out leads to you walking into another gym and looking like an idiot. Mm. And I think for me, if you need a bit of tape on your belt to keep you interested, potentially you're in the wrong martial art. You know, it's different in sports. Like, like, so I know with karate, is it they do the mons in between? Yeah. So, like, if you're going from like, I think they go from like white to red belt, don't they? And if you don't quite make the grade, you get a certain amount of stripes of that belt to show that you're on a progression. But they've got a set syllabus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so without a set syllabus, what do the stripes mean? Mm. If there's no set, and then again, maybe this is me going back to like my my teaching background with, if you're going to grade somebody, you have grading criteria, whether yeah. it's an essay or whether it's maths or whatever. If you've not got criteria, what are you basing those stripes on? Nine times out of ten, they're on time served. You know? And I just, I'm not a big fan of stripes. I think that, that they're used within some gyms to retain people that would leave.
2: a gym where I've asked the instructor, uh, I was doing photography work for him, so I won't mention who they are, and um, this was a couple of years ago, and he said to me, yeah, it's based on ten, a little tick sheet. And
1: you yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I know that with with some gyms, so I know that they've started doing them down at sweatbox, um, but only really for like the blue for like white to blue. I think it's white to blue. And like it's because I they've got about 400 yeah, white belts I think Ed just yeah. goes, uh
2: ah, you double white double strike white belt, come here. Like, it's just so you can pick people out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah,
1: exactly. And, and I suppose yeah. there, there's a place for it now, but I think that when it's used if you can use it to show progression, then fair one. But I don't think you can. Because mm. if you pull, if I pulled someone out it was a two strike white belt in most clubs and i said to the teacher like why are they two stripe white belt oh well they are yeah but how would you know what what does two stripes actually mean mm. does it does it mean that that two stripe white belt if we go back to defining jiu-jitsu yep. that you can that if you are a belt color you can be a bigger less trained opponent of the, of the belt color blow basically bigger stronger less trained opponent so does that mean that all your two stripers can beat all your one stripers mm. can all your three stripers always beat all your two mm-hmm. stripers like like if you haven't got criteria and you haven't got a way of, of grading, I
0: think the criteria applies more obviously for those lower belts more anything else. Mm. I, I mean, think uh, it, it is the way that I would kind of look at it. In this I just, I just
1: kind of think that if I, in a parallel universe, because I won't do it in this one, if if I ran a club, mm. if I was having to use stripes to keep people interested, I wouldn't want them there. Yeah. Like I feel like there's that 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 ability to turn up and you know almost feeling like I've never had a stripe.
0: You know. I think it depends on the individual and because obviously we've got such a vari- varied amount of people, even to the point who talk as if they've got the most... Okay, that's an interesting point from a client perspective, right? When people start, they're full of beans. They're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. fine, right? Month four kicks in, yeah? Complacency comes up, right? Because they've been doing it for so long, (laughs) seeing the results. They know I can readdress this at some other point, right? And you kind of need to reframe as to where they're going to be achieved, right? Now, some individuals don't even get that complacency part. They literally go all the way through, absolutely fine, hit the market on the head and just get to where they need to be, right? Which is absolutely fine because it's a long old game. It's going to be about uh, how much you say you shouldn't be like that to keep the, If it, If there's someone who has great potential, yeah, but unfortunately their mindset's not right <coughs> in the same way. Yeah, you're going to need some sort of incentive to keep them. going. Yeah,
1: which, I kind to get that. It's, it's a, it's a shame. It shouldn't be like that, but I don't, I don't like, I just don't like the attendance-based thing. Like fair play, Rich, Rich gives them out to white and blue belts if they can score on him. <laughs> so like, there's literally, two, there's two kiddies walking around a gym, or well, there was, because one guy got his profile, but There was like two blue belts walking around a gym. Um, Jack Smith, who's very good, yep. um, Jack and uh, it was Randall actually walking around with stripes because they have got a score on Rich, you know. Mm. And it's like, and that I like that because people look, like, "Bloody hell, did you score on the boss?" You know. Um, oh, yeah, that's that's the, I like that. Yeah, a, a, I like. That's, that's a great. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's that. That's humility. Humility.
2: humility.
1: It's humility. It's humility, but it's also, it's also, you've got an instructor there because another pet hate of mine is instructors who don't roll. And who won't roll with, visit, with visiting students I, i've gone to gyms before i've been to grapple forms. do you want to roll mate oh no why not oh well you know i don't know you but it's like what do you think i'm gonna do walk in and like you know flying flying t- fly scissors your legs or whatever do you know do you I know what i mean yeah exactly be <laughs> like the end of the world wasn't it? uh like yeah but like fly i just yeah i, I just I, I just i don't know i just I, i'm not a big fan of it and i think that when you've got, like, again, that, that method there, yeah, if you score on me, you get a stripe. That's someone who's got a very, very realistic appraisal of their ability that they're going to slip up the odd time. And when they do, it's worthy of people going, Look, I am human. Yeah. And you've got a teacher who doesn't roll. Yeah. You know, a instructor who doesn't, doesn't roll, doesn't want to roll with their students, doesn't want to roll with visitors. It's like, Well, what are you actually, if you haven't got an injury, you should be rolling. Yeah. If you're not injured and you're not a million years old, you should be able to back up the belt you're wearing. Mm. Yeah,
2: that's fair enough. I think I listened to um, Charles Owen's, uh that's a David with Mauricio. They were asking him, Do you still roll? He's like, Yeah, but with people my age. Yeah yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on sixty six, like Yeah, or with people you if can actually someone injures me I'm not gonna be happy yeah, about Yeah, with
1: people you can trust in it. But yeah.
2: So we'll move off of the old Instagram questions, but we do have the question from the previous guest. Oh, we'll wait uh, for that. We'll, we'll
0: sign off on. for that one. We normally ask other questions, but I think ones. we've covered we covered them. Covered everything, like, yeah. No, fair. So on. I think it's going to be the case of normally we ask about what is post post comp meal. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think oh. you mentioned Birking was in there. It was just like, oh, No, that was just no, cause no, no.
1: It, that's just because it was on the services. Like post comp meal, I tell you what, I'm a I'm, I've got some like basically I think me and Rich are both plastic Italians. So my grandfather's Italian as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm a big pasta fan. Yeah. So post comp, I'm I'm smashing in a carbonara. Yeah, that's gonna be the one. Yeah, but no, my um, yeah, my grandfather's Italian, and my nan speaks fluent Italian with a Bristolian accent. <laughs> that's got to be her to be really? believed. Yeah, they met in Bristol. He came over after the war. So he um, he's still alive. He um, he has a tailor shop on Gloucester Road. Yeah. So yeah, 87 years old, goes to work six days a week. Um, oh, my, we- my wedding was basically a torsicio panicea showroom of suits of everyone sort of suited up but yeah I'm going over this summer because they're in Italy at the moment but yeah my, my nan, nice. Bristolian accent fluent Italian
0: Congrats. it's that unbelievable
1: man. but yeah no. so I like, I like sort of like smashing in a good Italian after, uh, nice, nice. after training the other one we asked after obviously
0: games. but I think we've had a lot of it so far is unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion that you
1: have Oh, yeah, I've got loads of un- unpopular opinions. I think the main one for me, I think in terms of unpopular, I think a lot of what I've said, people would agree with. And I think if people get their ass in their hands about, oh, you know, I didn't like what, what Croc said about, about hard training and people like not, not being a humble, it's like, well, if the cap fits, mate, you know you probably find people there if people want to get aggy about what i've said there about not being able to take criticism and not being able to take coaching and not being able to take direct instruction then you probably need to look at yourself i think the only unpopular thing i've said is i don't think everyone should get a barbell
0: yeah that's That's my
1: main unpopular unpopular one i think if you think that doing a sport for a lot or doing a sport or an art or anything for long enough entitles you to something there's no other sport or, or outside of martial arts that do that if you play rugby for forty years, you don't get to win a premiership. We get
0: paid for England either. Exactly. Yeah. You know.
1: You know. I've mentioned the sort of the military side of it. If you go and do X amount of years in the military, you don't just get handed, you know, a commando beret or a para, or a beret. You don't. You know. So and yet it's weird that in jiu jitsu people expect. sort of idolise black belts, but expect to be able to get to that level without putting the hard work in, just by turning up twice yeah. a week for ten years. I find that very strange. And actually, what what meaning does it have then? Mm. I know for a fact that if and when I promote. Because it's an if for me, if and when I promote, um, I know that it will only have been done when Pedro, Rich, are happy that that's something they want to put their name to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to go out there and look like an absolute idiot. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: Makes that's sense. Teaching, so. So, yeah. One question that was passed on and we've actually now kept in as a main question, uh, which we think is very, very valuable. We didn't want to tell you this before. Yeah, right? go on. But what failure do you cherish the most?
1: That's quite a good one, Matt. I've learned more more from failure. I think for me, it was getting absolutely battered at the first army comp I went to. Yeah, yeah, um, and just losing. I'm walking away with literally default bronze. You know, um, that's quite hard to take for me. But it's actually, do you know what? And again, full disclosure, it's on my Instagram. There's a picture of I think a default bronze with default silver on my Instagram. Literally, the prep I did leading up to it was the best comp prep I'd ever done. Really? Turned up, got filled in, but actually. The product of that was almost not immaterial, but because I'd done everything else in the build-up to it, I was like, do you know what? I can take that from it. And from this, I've learned that actually maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. There is mm-hmm. another level. It showed me a little glimpse into what Elite looks like. Yeah. You know, and it's like when you see people like ch- I saw a Bloke yesterday chiming in on Gordon Ryan's Instagram saying he reckons he could fill him in. It's like, are you, are you joking, mate? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you can dislike the bloke, but respect his skills, you know? Yeah. And, and and like when people were given, like, you know, chiming in on Felipe Peña. Yeah. Being like, oh yeah, you're this, you're that. It's like that bloke could wipe the floor yeah. with everyone in your club. Just because he's not as good as the other guy, or arguably they're drawing now, aren't they, I think. Yeah. You know? Like just because he's not, you know, not performed maybe as well as he wanted to after um, obviously the got shot doesn't mean that you can just message him like when you're doing like two classes a week with think, your two strike blue belt offering privates to people it's going, Oh, I could come and batter you. It doesn't doesn't work like that. So, yes. so, so yeah. Social media and technology is
0: quite mad and it's a little bit a little bit off on a tangent, but still very similar to it. So we've had a couple of clients recently who've been unfortunately uh, didn't make it through to the final stage of Love Island. Right? Yeah. And it was then making sure that their psych their their sort of psychology was all set in place. They had lots of interviews about this and we actually I got the chance to obviously speak to a few people who knew some ex-contestants. Yeah, yeah. And they said the most creepiest thing about it was the DMs from people, right? Threatening them in some more weird way. And it wouldn't even be them personally. To one point they said that they never posted any of that sort of family on them. It was yeah, just there yeah. on their post to which they received a message saying, and again, it's obviously quite grotesque, that, Oh, I'm gonna find your, your nieces and I'm gonna rape them and kill them in front uh, of you. People are just weird, aren't they? And he's there like, What have I done? to even do this. I've been on telly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just there like, what the hell? And you're like, this is just a random person. So we just... see it,
1: so it's funny. we see this with the, um, with the children at work. Yeah. Um, like pretty much every school I've worked in. Um, huge problems with social media with them messing each other, adding each other to group chats. Um, huge problems with, sort of kids sending explicit photos of themselves to each other when they think they're in a relationship and then other people passing it on. Like it is, it is I've learned more about apps and social media in the last nine months from a, a lady up at Avon and Somerset Police than I think I learned in the previous nine years. Really? Yeah, to the point where I'm like, my girls in having phones not a chance. <laughs> or if they do, it will be incredibly highly locked down and controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's social media is pretty bad for that. Yeah. But in terms of like like failures I cherish, like that little glimpse and being able to like step on the mat with a bloke who then went on to win, like shout out to Josh because I think what he's doing is brilliant, and yeah. he's a lovely guy with it as well. He's not arrogant, he's humble, you know, and and he could be arrogant. He's he's top boy in the army jiu jitsu club. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Gone and won the Euros at gold ultra heavy. Yeah. But I think he got a bronze or a silver in the absolute, and his first post was like, yeah, going after the absolute next year. Wicked. That's, that, what, you that, that's what you want. Yeah. And, that, and, and exactly. I think being able to have a little glimpse of that yeah. was was what was best about that failure nice. for me to go. Do you know what? There's there's a whole layer above me. And if I'm gonna go in Especially you put the graft in all the up to it as well. Exactly. Exactly. And and I couldn't have done anything differently. Yeah. You know, and it's it's quite interesting looking at again where Mark is at the moment. Mm. Like I think he's doing everything he can do for a man with a full time job. Mm, Definitely. And and you know, and he's he it's it's a privilege to be able to like spar with someone on that level. Same as when I was coming up at Pedro's, someone like Rory who, you know, there's a story about Rory rocking up to Naga in London in his work van with a work t-shirt on when he was a brown belt, stepping on the mat, battering, I think, two black belts and a brown belt, getting the belt and driving home again. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, I've literally. Never. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, literally. Literally, picture of him on the podium, Land Point t-shirt on, in his, in his like, pickup truck, covered in leaves. Like, pulled pulled drove down there, walked in, won, got back in the truck, drove home, t- tapped out a Hodger Gracie black belt in the final.
0: Really? You know,
1: and that was my example coming through. Yeah. You know, and again... Where I am now, I look, I look over and I see how hard Richard Mark work and that sort of inspires me to work harder because yeah. I want to try and keep up with them. Not that I can, but I try to mm. because then I want to be a good training partner for them. I'd never turn around and be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, you know.
0: I've got one more question actually. I Obviously, for, for you, you balance a lot. Kids, family, mm. jobs, yeah. plural. There will be people out there listening to this right now who go, I've just got too much on. How how what do you feel like is the key ingredient or the key sort of structure to keep you consistent with your training?
1: So I, I can't remember who it was a podcast I listened to a few years ago. I cannot remember who it was. It wasn't Tex Johnson. It was some one some uh, Jitsu guy from sort of mid America. It was quite big. It might have been Josh Hinger, I can't remember. Um, but this podcast came out and he said basically time is a, is a currency, mm. and it's it's one of those things like. Do I want to be able to do, I don't know, yoga and do a full lotus? Well, if the answer is yes, then I need to work out how much of my time I'm going to spend to be able to do that. Mm. You know, it's like the, the example I gave you earlier really on when I sparred with Grant, Grant Oldborn um, at yeah. MMA fire at our place. We ended up up against sort of like the cage wall, and it suddenly dawned on me, I know nothing about cage wrestling. Absolutely nothing. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where I was. And I was like, I've kind of got mount, but I'm kind of up against the cage. So do I need to pull him away? And as I tried to do that, he scrambled out. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, I'd like to know how to do that. But I don't need to know how to do it. So therefore, I'm not going to spend... Time. The time currency. So yeah. I think the two ways that I balance everything is firstly I've got a week planner. So I've got um, my missus buys me one for my Christmas stocking every year, yep. and it's literally 50, fifty-two pages, week on a page, Sunday to Sunday to to, um, to uh, Saturday, and everything goes on there from when the cat needs his worming tablet, yeah. all the way through to where I am and all the rest of it. And it's good for her because she I'm can go my digital camera. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's it's good for her because you know she can go. That, I'm gonna have to
2: show people. Like, <laughs>
0: Oh, don't. There'll, there'll be names on there and
1: stuff. Yeah, G- uh, GDPR, uh, GDPR, mate, that's it. Yeah. Sorry. My yeah. so Basically, like, my
2: so... calendar was empty and I had a Jays in and now I can't fucking see anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this is what I mean, so so for me, I, I plan everything out. And it's also like, I have a two-way with my missus as well. Like I'll sort of just say to her, look, you know, what are you doing on Monday night? And she'll be like, well, I want to go to the gym and do this. Okay, not a problem. We'll have a couple of nights a week where... So our schedule's changed recently, um, where Richie's now doing class on a Wednesday night. Yep. I've said, look, I can't make it, mate. You know, that's the time I have with the family and with sort of other things I do. So I just think really writing it down and mapping it out because otherwise your head will explode. Yeah. You know, and being reasonable, being able to say no. Mm. Like that's quite a big skill that I've got is being able to say no. Like where I've had people in the past say to me, you know, would you better do privates? No. Why not? I ain't got time. Yeah. I'll kick around for 10 minutes after open mat though or, or take some time to one side and show you what you want to do. But in terms of doing regular privates, it's one of the reasons why I don't do tutoring because I haven't got time to be able to fit tutor in it. Yeah. And again, is the juice worth the squeeze? If I'm going to get 50 quid an hour from tutoring someone for their um, GCSE or A-level history, yep. fine, but that hour is then coming out of my training allocation and would I rather train? Yep. So that's how that's how I'd do do I do it. I do I do balance a lot. It's a very interesting point from a
0: business point of view. That people obviously get concerned about putting their pricing up for some things. And yeah. I'm saying, look, would you rather work with 100 people at £10 to right, yeah, yeah. uh, get that £1,000, or would you rather work with two people at £500 and you can give even more time to those two individuals? And you'll probably get better
1: results. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you'll pay definitely. more attention.
0: Only obviously reservation is obviously if you're going to go up with a higher mark is that you can provide the service. To yeah, level. definitely. So like like
1: you know. with my week, I do four jiu-jitsu classes. Um, I do two strength sessions, so not conditioning, I do strength, so I just do two days of compound um, and I do a conditioning day, so that will either be, that's usually an early morning run, so that's where I'll get out of bed 5am, I'll go and smash four miles out and that's before my missus and the girls are even out of bed, so I've done my fizz before they're out of bed, so that's had no impact on my family life whatsoever, you know, it's just I've sacrificed an hour of sleep and that's something else I've got better at is sleep hygiene and making sure I'm getting eight hours. Nice. Good. 'Cause I noticed I was getting eight hours sleep and being knackered.
0: I'm still surprised this day that people who can do late night training sessions, right, to then getting up at the first thing early morning. Oh,
1: I've got no issue with that. I can just go my head hits the pillow and I'm gone.
0: I can't I'm absolutely
1: bad. Yeah, right? she hates like, yeah, she hates it. She's like that. She'll sit in bed and read a book and I literally get in bed, put my head on the pillow. I can't zone uh, out enough, that's my problem. Like that, that even that travel
0: trip up back there, by the time I've come in the house, I'm still what, about 30 minutes before I'm going to settle. Yeah, basically. now
1: I'm, I'm quite good at just being able to get in bed and go to sleep, man. so yeah.
0: Right, I think the last question from Paddy, have you got it off your phone? i just
1: quickly
2: read oh, yeah, it. Give me two seconds, Sorry, got a fucking message on Instagram. Uh, yeah, so from Paddy is, what would your dream combat sports match up to watch be, and this includes which rules and which promotion? It
1: be. Oh, right, it's Pride. It's got to be Pride, isn't pride it? Everything. It's got to be Pride, and is this is this across like any? Yeah. So any I, I, I can set, I can time travel it. Oh. Prime Fedor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'd like to see Prime Fedor versus Prime John James. Oh. Hell. In Pride. Is this Probably, John, John Jones at heavyweight. We talk about John Jones at heavyweight. Yeah. Fedor at heavyweight. John, John Jones, idea. I would say ideally off of the party powder, but he seems to fight better when he's on it. So. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like. You know, I yeah, I'd like lo- I'd like to see that. I think. What do you think the outcome will be? or Would you just sit there as a as a? I think a John fan? Jones just soccer kick him to death. If I'm honest with you, I think it <laughs> I think it at like three o'clock in the morning on like you know cor- Corn Street outside the kebab shop. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, do you know what I mean no no finesse, just like you know absolute boots. <laughs> it's
0: something it's something about that guy which is absolutely just insane. I think what so I think again, it was a little real breaking down that oblique kick. And like people hyper and the thing is you don't see it normally and it's just like not prison rules, that type of stuff. But But it's it's, it's, it's just go to it's essentially a striking heel hook. Yeah. Or a striking knee bar. Yeah. Yeah. You know? vital in the slightest but anyway dude um, any any final questions for me any other questions no for that's it mate remember? it's been,
1: been a pleasure to be on mate we've covered a lot of ground lines. yeah we have it's, it's been a it's wicked nice podcast coming obviously. in and gob off for hour, a couple yeah, of hours yeah. you know
0: brings me it's good yeah. it's pretty much it yeah. um, do you want to give shout outs obviously to clubs and that type of stuff and everything uh, yeah so
1: obviously shout out to um, sort of Pedro Bessa affiliates um, everyone who started at Merton Road and sort of uh, drifted out and formed their own clubs I think we've got a really strong sort of lineage in Bristol with, with high standards and I think actually like keeping those standards going and um, maintaining those principles is something that everyone's really good at. So, um, yeah, shout out to you. have got uh, Roy at the bank. You've got Darren up at the way. I believe he's still up there. He drops in the bank as well. And you've obviously got Richard RRBJJ. Um, so, yeah, absolute privilege to be able to train with such quality people. And um, we've got a really strong community in Bristol for Jiu-Jitsu. And I know a lot of that is due to Pedro deciding to live here. Um, so yeah that's my my shout out it's done Ah, that's cool mate well thanks for coming on board yeah cheers mate thank you very much cheers bud thank you